Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today. Glad you could join us for the program. A little later, we've got uh, state representative-elect is going to be joining us. Uh, we've got another slate of guests coming in to join us. We've had uh, some news yesterday. State Representative Kyra Harris-Bolden, who is on the ballot to be the Supreme Court Justice for the next term, didn't make it on the ballot, but yesterday she was named to be the next Supreme Court Justice. She's going to be the first black woman to be a justice on Michigan's highest court. She's been a lawyer for the past eight years. She's been a state representative for the last four years. And um, it, here's a kind of an interesting side note. She isn't actually appointed yet, and she can't be appointed until January 1st, until her term as a state representative ends. It's something that's in the state constitution that says that a state representative can't be appointed by the governor to a civil appointment while in office. So she's going to have to uh, to ride that out for another uh, what month and a month and a week before she's able to take the office. She was joined by her family uh, at the uh, Supreme Court building for the official announcement that she's going to be succeeding Bridget McCormick, who is leaving to take a seven-figure job with the American Arbitration Association, uh, their International Center for Dispute Resolutions. Good for her on that. That's a pretty good gig. You know, um, on the pay thing, I mean, talking about Bridget McCormick going to a, a much better paid gig, the Supreme Court justices, here's another kind of funny side note. This is not the U.S. Supreme Court justices. These are Michigan's Supreme Court justices. They actually make substantially less than the Court of Appeals judges in Michigan. Right now, the Michigan Court of Appeal judges make $182,000 a year, and the Supreme Court justices make $164.5 million. Now, next year, uh, the Supreme Court's going to be making up to 181, which is still less than the Court of Appeals. But it it really kind of um, uh, punctuates kind of a strange system we have in Michigan on how we pay our highest officials. Um, the Supreme Court justices, like the governor, like legislators, receive their pay raises through a group called SOC. And this may sound a little arcane, but it, it's really worth talking about because it's really, it's really kind of goofy. It's the State Officers, Officers Compensation Commission. That's S-O-C-C, SOC. Okay. So what they do is they come out with recommendations every two years. And they say, yeah, you know, we think that legislators should make this and the governor should make that and justices should make this. And then they give it to the legislature and say, if you think this is what we should do, you should vote yes on these ideas. Now, 
Back in 2002, when this system was was, uh, put in place, the legislature had a different system in place where the SOC recommendations would go through unless the legislature said, you know what, Nah, we don't want to do this. So, Tony, I'm sure you can see the problem that comes with this. That if the legislature actually has to affirm, affirmatively approve a pay increase as opposed to passively saying it's okay, that makes a huge difference. And it could make a common citizen that knows that a little probably uh, uh, understandably angry possibly too. Well, so here's what happened. So this new system was put in in 2002. You know how many times the legislature has said affirmatively, yeah, you know what? We think that everybody should get a pay increase. Probably every every year if they could, it would seem like. But they don't. Really? They have not one time. In 20 years, they have never given themselves a pay increase. They gave the Supreme Court justices a pay increase two years ago. That was the first one they've ever done. They've never given a pay raise to the governor, the attorney general, secretary of state, themselves. They've never given themselves a pay increase in the state of Michigan for the legislature. Now, some of that is kind of carryover from 2002 when they made the initial change. Because in uh, 2000, through that passive system, the legislators gave themselves a 38% pay increase. So they went up to $78,000 at the time. And the blowback, and folks listening might remember this, the blowback was pretty intense. Folks were pretty ticked off. Because that seemed like a lot of money. Well, now, um, over the years, the legislature is actually making less money. And it's not just because of the rate of inflation. Uh, Back during the recession, everybody took, like, pay cuts. And the legislature and the governor told SOC, please cut our pay. Please recommend that we cut our salaries. And so that's what SOC did. The the Officers' Compensation Commission said, here, you guys can cut yourself budget or Cut your salaries 10%. If that's what you want, here you go. So they did it, and the legislature went down from 78000 to about 71000 And so that's where they are now. And the justices are there now. So you might say, well, what's wrong with $164,000 a year for the, for a justice? God, that sounds sounds fine to me, right? I, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good salary. I'll take that. The problem is, is that good lawyers in the private sector make a lot more money than that. Um, and in order to get involved in public service, there has to be, I mean, you don't want, you know, you're not going to make a mint. I mean, we're, these, you know, we're not going to give them like half million dollar salaries or something like that. But they should be earning something that's a little more enticing. I mean, these, uh, these um, uh, you know, if you're going through law school and the tuition that you have to pay to go through years of law school isn't cheap and running your own practice and you know it's it's not cheap so i asked the governor about this yesterday during this uh, press conference and she didn't want to get into a discussion about pay for justices but this does become an issue at a certain point where good people who we would want to see on our supreme court are going to uh, turn their nose at this salary because they can make a heck of a lot more in the private sector uh, without the grief that comes with the politics of the, um, the Supreme Court for the state of Michigan.
So anyway, Kyra Bolden, anyway, getting back to, the, to that story, the uh, she's only 34 years old and is going to be among the youngest Supreme Court justices we've had. Um, like I said earlier, the first black woman and uh, probably the first one in a long time who has an infant. Uh, she brought her three-month daughter, three-month-old daughter Emerson there with her husband, her parents, uh, had some cute family time, uh, cute family pictures. Bridget McCormick will be leaving the court at the end of the year, and uh, Kyra Harris-Bolden will take over. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show starring Michael Patrick Shields. Oh, Joe Biden's coming to Bay County next week to look at uh, some semiconductor efforts. see tomorrow but we can hear it tomorrow sounds like hydrogen being added to natural gas to make it more sustainable it sounds like solar panels generating thousands of megawatts and it sounds like carbon being captured and stored keeping it out of our atmosphere we've been bridging to a sustainable energy future for more than 20 years because what we do today helps ensure tomorrow is on enbridge life takes energy Grab some green at Firekeepers this November. Win a share of over $200,000 with the cash grab giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. You could be one of 25 guaranteed winners to pick a big prize, including up to $30,000 cash. Earn entries daily and join us on November 26th. Every two hours from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., five winners will each get to select from the punch board to win up to $10,000 cash. Then at 10 p.m., it's the grand prize drawing, where five lucky players will each choose a huge cash prize from $12,500 all the way up to $30,000 cash. Don't miss your chance to win a share of over $200,000 with the Cash Grab Giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. The best giveaways, the biggest guaranteed prizes, only at Firekeepers. Get your Vegas on at Firekeepers Casino Hotel. I-94 to exit 104 in Battle Creek. Management reserves all rights. Traverse City is more than a place, it's a destination. And for many, it's a dream, but a dream that's reachable and ready every single day. Just a car ride away. Traverse City is diverse, though, from beaches to boating to bluffs to wine and food, shopping and snowmobiling, gaming and golf. The possibilities are countless. So become a regular in Traverse City where you'll feel away and at home because it's people its charm. Visit TraverseCity.com to learn more on our Fab Fall getaways. Brandy is stepping back into Cinderella's glass slippers. The singer will play the princess once again in the upcoming Disney Plus movie, The Pocket Watch, which takes place in the Descendants franchise. Brandy had played the role in the 1997 Disney TV film. No word on when this will be released. Machine Gun Kelly is calling out critics after winning favorite rock artist at the American Music Awards over the weekend. The rapper turned rocker addressed people in the rock community that have called him a tourist, saying he didn't start out in rock, but he was curious and went there. He added he's not done exploring and called himself all genres before throwing the mic stand down. Jay Leno is now out of a Los Angeles burn hospital after about 10 days. The comedian first went there after getting significant burns on his face and hands. It happened while he was working on a classic car at his garage back on November 12th. He is expected to make a full recovery. 
And nearly five decades after Bruce Lee's death, a new research paper suggests he did not die from brain swelling. In a new study published, a group of specialists in Spain proposed that the martial artist icon died from drinking too much water. The study says Lee had multiple risk factors for a condition that may have caused his kidneys' inability to excrete excess water. Lee's sudden death has been the center of much speculation throughout the years. Some fans have theorized that the 32-year-old was assassinated, while a 2018 book suggested he died from heat exhaustion. Well, that's entertainment. Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today. The USCG Cutter Mackinac is going to take 1,200 Christmas trees to Chicago. It's leaving Sheboygan County Saturday, loaded with all those trees for needy families in Chicago. It's the 23rd year of the trip, and the tree will be unloaded in a Navy Pier ceremony on the 3rd of uh, December. Nearly three dozen volunteers helped load up all these Christmas trees yesterday. And you know what this made me think of, Tony Cuthbert? Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this anymore, but have you ever heard of the famous shipwreck legend of Michigan's famed Christmas tree ship? I have heard of it. Oh, God, what a great, what an interesting story this was. So there was a, a business guy and his family who was um, their gig every year was loading up this rickety wooden ship with as many Christmas trees as possible. And this, and, and when I say, um, um, you know, this old, this is 109 years ago. It was a worn out schooner. And uh, the guy, the guy who um, um, captained this ship, um, would, would would try and push the limits as to how far he could take it. Uh, his name was Herman Schoonerman, and uh, his um, wife would sell these tris- Christmas trees along the docks of the Chicago River. And uh, but back in uh, oh God, what year is this here? I'm, I'm trying to look at the the year, but a hundred and oh God, it's. It's like 110 years ago, I Yeah, believe. something like, yeah. All right, so this was 110 years ago. He loads up this ship with all these Christmas trees, and he had it so filled up that the weather in November, of course, gets pretty dicey. Sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's awful. And uh, he sinks the boat. All these trees get washed up on the shore. The crew dies. He dies. And Captain Santa uh, is not allowed to deliver the christmas trees anymore stacked up eight feet high on the deck it looked like a floating forest according to uh one observer went out at 250 uh rescuers at uh, uh Kewanee, wisconsin spotted the rouse simmons half mass flag signaling distress and um without its gas-powered lifeboat it um it sank and uh every there was casualties uh, all around. The uh, divers examined the wreck in 2006. They found the schooner facing northwest toward the Lake Michigan shoreline. They looked for clues as to why the captain had changed his southern course. The dive team found tools for handling the ship's anchor and chains still scattered on its bow. It's kind of a 
Interesting story. I, I have a feeling that this uh, USCG cutter, Mackinac, <laughs> it's going to do a little better out there. Yeah, it's amazing when you go through the shipwreck history in this state. I mean, it's just so, each story is just amazing to me, and this is another one that you can just add to the list. These uh, Christmas trees were found washing up to shore um, all of the month of December. Um, there was a message in a bottle that is believed to come from this Rouse Simmons crew that washed up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. The bottle was corked with a tiny piece of pine tree, according to research by Lori Jacobs Twos. The message read, Friday, everybody goodbye. I guess we are all through. During the night, the small boat washed overboard, leaking bad. Invalid, and Steve lost too. God help us. Huh. So anyway... Uh, I was reading uh, part of a story here from uh, M Live back in 2021. So just this last year, they they put something out about this. Uh, there's a story on shipwrecks that I actually read this from initially. Um, read, read it a couple times. Just kind of an interesting story. Anyway, what else is going on here? The uh, White House has got its Christmas tree up. Uh, that was. Uh, now, the nation's Christmas tree, it's called. The First Lady Jill Biden and her two-year-old grandson, Beau, received the 18-and-a-half-foot Conacher fur at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue yesterday. The Sheeler family of Evergreen Acres Christmas Tree Farm in Auburn, Pennsylvania, presented this year's Christmas tree. Of course, we've got the uh, Christmas tree in front of the Capitol now. That was lit during Silver Bells over the weekend. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, I like the white lights, Tony. I know. You, some years it's kind of, a, in my opinion, a clunker. This one knocked it out of the park. Well, it's a lot more full. It, yeah. it, it looks shorter, but it's not shorter. It's about the same height as all the other Christmas trees, but it, it doesn't seem lopsided. They got it nice and straight. You see, I don't know about that. You I, think that it's leaning? I do a little bit, but I think it might be just a like an optical illusion type thing. Maybe I'm looking for it to be leaning. I don't know because... I drive by the thing every single day, and I can tell, I think, there's a tad of a lean. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I like is that there's no bare spots. <laughs> and in you know, in years past, though, we've had trees that had some noticeable bare spots. Have you been to my weird. house before? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you always know what those Christmas trees are like because they're, they're um, the ones that are not, like, regular price. They're, like, oh, 25 yeah. bucks. They're, like, 30 bucks. You know, they got the bare spots on them. Isn't that weird, too? Are you going Christmas tree shopping, Tony? Friday morning, right when the place that we go opens up, I will be there with my family. And the weather doesn't seem to be too uh, frightening in terms of everybody freezing. But it's a tradition, man. I love nothing better than to cut down a real tree. We do have, by the way, two fake trees throughout the house as well. But we need at least one real one. So you're going Friday. I'm going Saturday, probably, Yeah, to get our tree. But isn't it wild to look at how how these trees just end up? Like, they don't all look perfect. No, they do not. No, no, no. And it's a beautiful thing to do. And the saddest moment is when we have to take the thing out of the house. I mean, it's just like, well, that thing, it took a number of years to get to this point, and now we're throwing it out to the side of the curb. Have you ever heard of the uh, Hans Christian Andersen old story on Christmas trees? No. There is an old Hans Christian Andersen a story called the fir tree and they call it a fairy tale but really i mean these original fairy tales were did not have happy endings and this this one actually has a great life lesson i read it to the kids 
uh, when I want to get them to sleep. And it's actually a sad story. My, my daughter doesn't like it when I read it because she says it's really sad. But you got to check it out. It's called The Fir Tree. An Oregon couple is celebrating twins that are likely to be the longest frozen embryos to result in live births. When Rachel Ridgway gave birth on Halloween, her healthy twins came courtesy of embryos created 30 years ago. Going into this process, we wanted to choose children that um, in our eyes were the most unwanted, the most needy, the ones in a lot of ways that have been overlooked. They sat in storage on tiny straws kept in liquid nitrogen at 200 degrees below zero in a device that looks a lot like a propane tank. Parents Rachel and Philip used a faith-based national embryo donation center to help grow their family. They have four other children, all born naturally. Studies show about 25 to 40 percent of frozen embryos result in a live birth, so the Ridgeways, well, they hit the jackpot. Health update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. In today for MPS, it is Kyle Malin of MERS News, M-I-R-S-News.com. You can find him right there. My name is Tony Cuthbert. Kyle, today is a big day because bars are bracing for a wild night in Michigan and around the country, but specifically right now, we're going to focus on the Southern Peninsula, Florida, and Adam Gersten of a place called Gramps Winwood. Yeah, that's in Florida. He says Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, also known as Drinksgiving <laughs> or Blackout Wednesday, is the biggest drinking night of the year. I think a lot of it also is people fly back into town or people come together that don't even normally go out. He says it's a perfect storm for bars as most of those people are off from work on Thursday and no one wants to host anything the night before the holiday. Everyone is home and they want to get out. And Adam says that Grants and Winwood says business will be booming. We are anticipating being somewhere between 20 and 60% higher. Just don't know where that will fall, but certainly up. Yeah, and you want to go see all those old friends, right? You see a lot of faces, even people that don't normally go out. So they know everyone will be where they are. I can honestly say I've never been to a bar on this night, and I don't know if that's ever going to change. I don't think I have been either, Tony. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're. But I I will have a beard tonight. <laughs> There's no question about that. <laughs> maybe tomorrow you will. I know you do this, but maybe not this race particularly. The 30th Grand Rapids Turkey Trot that's going to be held tomorrow mo- uh, morning. And co-director Holly Visser says the annual 5K run and walk begins at 8:30 a.m. at the entrance of Van Andel Arena with registration. That's at 6:30. This is our largest fundraiser on behalf of the GRPS Foundation for the schools, for sports programming all year. So it's incredibly important in order to uplift all the students in all the sports. And Blue Care Network's Jessica Illoff says the proceeds are going to help the kids. All the proceeds go to the kids that want to play in in the school sports that can't maybe necessarily afford to. So it helps fund those programming. It's such a great thing to do in the community. You don't do 5Ks, do you? That's too little. Oh, no, of course we do 5Ks. In fact, Lansing has a turkey trot as well for those who want to participate in that. Uh, I did it last year. It's a it's a great fundraiser, and uh, it's a lot of fun. They do the one in downtown Detroit, of course, uh, before the parade. So it's a lot of excitement around the state of Michigan. Hopefully, uh, if you're going to be participating in one of those, you uh, lay light on the, uh, what is it, what do they call it, the uh, Drinksgiving or Blackout Wednesday, <laughs> because that might not help you on the race course the next morning. Anyways, this is Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields.
ABC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. The threat of a national rail worker strike once again looms. In September, the Biden administration praised a tentative deal between railroads and unions that address longtime disputes over pay and working conditions. However, the largest rail union in the U.S., which represents conductors, rejected the latest offer. The five people killed as well as two heroes who stopped a shooter are being identified after the shooting attack on an LGBTQ nightclub Saturday night in Colorado Springs. At the beginning of a press conference yesterday afternoon, Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez started off by naming the victims who were killed. I ask that everyone in our community and around the world honor each victim lived. 40-year-old Kelly Loving, 28-year-old Daniel Aston. 38-year-old Derek Rump, 35-year-old Ashley Paul, and 22-year-old Raymond Green Vance. Vasquez identified the two heroes as Richard Fierro and Thomas James. The shooting left five people dead and 19 people injured. 17 had at least one gunshot wound. Four people are dead after a reported hostage situation at a marijuana farm in northwest Oklahoma. Captain Stan Florence with the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation says authorities are still searching the area for victims, suspects, or any other clues. We're looking for any of the people who may be out here at this time, uh, utilizing the OHV's helicopter as well above, going through each of those structures this morning and just making sure that in the daylight that uh, there's nothing or no one else out there that we need to be aware of. It happened late Sunday night when police discovered the bodies along with an injured person who was hospitalized. Authorities say the incident is being investigated as a homicide. No word yet on a suspect. On Wall Street, before the opening bell, stock futures are ticking higher. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. What are being called substantial assets are missing from a cryptocurrency company that went belly up. That's according to a lawyer for FTX who spoke during a bankruptcy hearing. They added that cyber attacks were happening as bankruptcy proceedings got underway. FTX has said it has about $1.24 billion as of this past Sunday. However, a previous filing revealed creditors were owed just over $3 billion. Hewlett-Packard announcing plans to lay off roughly four to 6,000 employees by the end of 2025. The company said the reduction will result in annualized gross run rate savings of close to $1.5 billion over the next three years. This marks the latest in a string of tech layoffs as companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Lyft have all announced plans to lay off employees. And Mazda will invest more than $10.5 billion in electric vehicles. It also wants EVs to be up to 40% of total global sales by the start of the next decade. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, we're going to have a new Supreme Court justice coming January 1, taking over for Bridget McCormick. Her name is Kyra Harris-Bolden. She's a Democrat from Southfield. She was on the ballot running for the post. She had received the nomination from the Democratic Party, but uh, was Uh, unsuccessful. She just fell, oh, what was it, like 160, 120,000 votes short. Uh, But uh, Governor Whitmer's turned around and uh, picked her to succeed Bridget McCormick, who is stepping down to take a, uh, a 
good job with the American Arbitration Association's International Center for Dispute Resolutions. Somebody who has a bit of experience in the appointment of Supreme Court justices is on the other end of our line, Steve Leadle. He is an attorney with DICMA. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Pat. So for our listeners' benefit, you were at the governor's office under Jennifer Granholm and have some experience in how this whole process of picking a Supreme Court justice works. Yep, that's right. I served both as deputy counsel uh, and chief counsel to Governor Granholm and then as uh, general counsel to Governor Whitmer's transition uh, helped uh, put in place their process uh, for gubernatorial appointments for the new administration. So the governor can can basically pick whoever she wants to be a Supreme Court justice? That's right. The voters have uh, given that power to the governor, who's elected statewide under the Constitution. It's a decision um, that the governor alone makes. Um, Unlike other positions, it's not uh, subject to the advice and consent of the Senate, for example. So to be appointed to the Asparagus Commission, your appointment requires the advice and consent of the Michigan Senate. Uh, The voters have decided that when a vacancy arises uh, in the judiciary, including the Supreme Court, the governor, uh, who's elected statewide, uh, makes that decision. Isn't that funny, though? The Supreme Court justice doesn't have to go in front of the state Senate to just at least for an interview, just for a check to make sure that they're okay. Uh, There's not much rhyme nor reason to the advice consent process as administered uh, in Michigan. Uh, But, um, you know, I think that... um, the framers of our Constitution, the people, have made a wise decision. Uh, you know, someone like a governor uh, who's elected statewide, uh, in the case of, Gov- of Governor Whitmer, who has a record mandate, uh, more Michiganians uh, voted for Governor Whitmer a few weeks ago uh, than any other governor in Michigan history. Uh, and under Michigan's Constitution, all political power is inherent in the people. So it's, I think, an appropriate mechanism. Uh, it's coupled with the fact that uh, voters have the chance at the next election, if they're dissatisfied with the governor's choice, uh, to elect a different justice. So she doesn't get to serve the entire six years remaining on Bridget McCormick's term. She has to go in front of the voters next general election, so 2024. And uh, if the voters don't like her, there will be an, a different option that the Republicans will put out, I'm sure. And Uh, Maybe the Libertarians as well. They've been putting out that Kerry Lee Morgan, I think, every election since uh, Engler's been around. He's been on the ballot an awful lot, not (laughs) successfully. Uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, as with any appointment um, to the judicial branch, uh, unless uh, it's at the end of a judge's or justice's term, um, and those are six-year terms in Michigan, uh, it's for two years or less. Uh, and the voters get to weigh in uh, within two years of any judicial appointment. Now, we just said that the governor can pick whoever he or she wants, but in reality, it doesn't work that way, does it? No, there's been a longstanding agreement um, predating my time in Lansing uh, from the the late uh, 1980s between uh, the governor's office and the State Bar of Michigan, where uh, the governor will voluntarily submit potential candidates for judicial appointments, including the Supreme Court, uh, to a committee composed of members of the bar appointed by the state bar. Uh, it's called the Judicial Qualifications Committee. It's typically between 15 and um, 25 members. And uh, so they go through, so does the governor just give them some names and say, can you check these people out, make sure that they're okay? Yeah, uh, generally, yes. I mean, typically uh, a governor's office will m- 
notify the public of a vacancy uh, and sometimes encourage persons they may be interested in appointing, uh, in applying. Uh, folks apply to the governor's office. Uh, the governor's team reviews them. They may interview uh, candidates. Uh, and then a decision is made to send a, a number of candidates to the Judicial Qualifications Committee for rating. For the Supreme Court justices, it's typically a small number. Um, you know, for uh, sometimes when there's a high interest in other judicial uh, vacancies, it, there can be more than a dozen candidates sent to the committee for review. And so they will just basically go through their record, uh, their record, rummage through, maybe bring them in for an interview, and then they come back with the governor with a recommendation. Um, and that's uh, well qualified, qualified, not qualified, and not qualified due to lack of experience. Correct? Yep, that's right. Uh, they will um, conduct an interview with local judges, uh, have some conversations with um, local attorneys. They'll get a report on any prior ratings if the candidate had been um, rated for another judicial position at some point in the past. That prior rating will be reported to the current committee. And there will also be a report from the Attorney Grievance Commission uh, about any grievances that may have been filed against the candidate and the resolution of those grievances. So so through all this process, then then they come back, they give the recommendation, and then the governor makes the uh, the pick from that. We never really find out, though, what the uh, this uh, qualifications committee comes back with, do we? No. By agreement between um, the governor's office and the state bar, uh, those um, ratings uh, are confidential. Uh, and that's supposed to protect the candidates. You know, there are a number of folks that apply that uh, um, would, uh, you know, could have a detrimental impact in their career if it's they're not selected, and it were to become public. Um, and so yeah, that has been the process. Uh, it's generally been um, respected, um, you know, for decades. And uh, it, the understanding is, too, that if the Qualifications Committee says that somebody is not qualified, the governor typically doesn't pick that person, right? Yes, uh, that's the uh, the uh, substance of the agreement between the governor's office uh, and the committee. Uh, if a rating comes back of not qualified, uh, there will not be an appointment. If the rating comes back of not qualified, lack of experience, the committee is not saying that there are necessarily background issues with the person. It's just that that person, from the perspective of the committee, you know, doesn't yet have the necessary experience to be an effective judge. It's also a signal that perhaps this might be a good candidate at some point in the future. Right. Uh, we've only got a minute left. Uh, Steve Liedel from Dykema. Uh, what do we know about Kyra Harris-Bolden? Well, we know that um, she's going to be um, the first uh, millennial on the Michigan Supreme Court, hmm. uh, which I think is a, a helpful perspective. You know, in private practice, serving our clients, you know, we often work with a team of attorneys, uh, including when we litigate uh, before the appellate courts and the Supreme Court. You know, I've found, um, you know, in my experience, it's helpful to have, um, you know, cross-generational approaches uh, to um, uh, working on legal issues. Uh, we know that um, she brings um, historical diversity to the court so that the court better reflects the people that the court serves. For the first time, she's the first African-American woman to ever serve in the Michigan Supreme Court in more than 150 years. Uh, she also brings some real helpful background, I believe, um, as a legislator. 
And uh, all that together is going to, I'm sure, assist her as being the first Supreme Court justice who is an African-American woman, Kyra Bowen. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Now is the perfect time. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now at deanjobs.com and start your paid training. Head to deanjobs.com. Fly Lansing nonstop to Orlando on Avello Airlines and enjoy Florida sunshine in no time. Fly from Lansing's Capital Region International Airport and enjoy affordable parking, hassle-free check-in, and short security lines. Starting October 26th, say hello to Avello with nonstop flights from Lansing to Orlando International Airport. Book your trip today at aveloair.com. That's A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. And fly Lansing. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Multiple people are damned after a mass shooting at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. It's not clear at this time how many people are dead or injured, but Chesapeake Police spokesman Leo Kosinski says it's no more than 10 that have been killed. White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci urging Americans to get their COVID-19 boosters. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with covid whether or not you wear a mask. He did so in likely his last briefing on the pandemic. Fauci earlier this year announced he'll step down in December from his roles, running the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and advising the White House. Speaking to reporters, Fauci said the data overwhelmingly shows COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. And fire officials are reminding folks that Thanksgiving is the biggest day of the year for cooking fires. They remind you to keep your eyes on your cooking equipment and keep young children out of the kitchen. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the Murrah's Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, coming at you through our AT&T microphones. And the show is presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tony Cuthbert, I mentioned uh, earlier in the program about Hans Christian Andersen's fur tree story. Yes, you did. And I said that it didn't necessarily have a happy ending, but it it did send a message, which isn't uncommon for fairy tales back in the day, such as The Little Mermaid. Have you ever read the original Little Mermaid from Hans Christian Andersen? I have not, no. Okay, so you know the Disney adaptation. Absolutely. In in the end, she meets the boy, and they're all happy in the end. You know what happens in the real 
Little Mermaid? Probably the opposite. She turns into sea foam. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. Yeah, she turns into sea foam. That wouldn't make a good Disney movie. <laughs> that would not make a good movie. No, no. She decided to become human, and then she tried to come back, and it, it didn't work. Um, but anyway, I point this out because uh, there are lessons to be learned in everything. And uh, the lesson that was learned that I mentioned earlier came from the book, The Fir Tree. And, of course, we came on to The Fir Tree because it's Christmas tree buying season, which is very exciting. You're going to go get your tree this weekend. I'm going to get our family tree this weekend. And I'm sure a lot of other people are going to get their trees this weekend, which is why we're bringing on our next guest, Amy Start. She is the executive director of the Michigan Christmas Tree Association. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, we're very glad to have you. So we've got a few Christmas tree farms in this state going to be selling some trees this weekend, I imagine. Oh, yes. It's the most popular weekend. It's opening weekend for most farms. Um, You know, a few opened last weekend, just kind of get an early jump on those the early birds that want to get their tree, you know, ahead of time. But yeah, Friday is going to be our big opening day. So how many Christmas tree farms do we have in Michigan? We have over 500 Christmas tree farms. You know, we have a lot of very large, like, wholesale Christmas tree farms uh, that ship their Christmas trees all over the U.S. And actually, we have, we're ranked third in the United States in Christmas tree production. And then we have a lot of choose and cut farms and smaller farms that do, like, retail lots. I seem to remember Rick Johnson, a former House Speaker, owned a Christmas tree farm. Did you know that? I did not, but I do have a Johnson that is a member, so oh, okay. maybe they're related. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, he was a uh, the House Speaker twenty years ago, but he owned a Christmas tree farm up north, where a lot of them are, uh, where I'm sure a lot of them are. Anyway, are, are are they most up north? I guess maybe I shouldn't presume that. You know, there's a there's Christmas tree farms throughout the state. Um, there's several that are up north and on the west side of the state. A lot of the wholesale are kind of in those areas. Because Christmas trees tend to grow in um, locations where other things don't want to grow, other crops. So hilly, sandy soil, Christmas trees love to grow in that. Oh, yeah, I, I think I saw a headline also. I think in the Lansing State Journal, they had a story that this is supposed to be a good year for Christmas trees. Yes, you know, I uh, have a Christmas tree board that I report to, and it's representative of several growers throughout the state in different locations and stuff. And um, yeah, one of them actually said, and they've been in business for over 50 years, that it was literally their best growing season they've had since they've been in business. So, yeah, it's been a great, great growing season. What makes a good growing season for Christmas trees? you got to have the right combination of water and the right combination of sun and just everything just kind of, you know, we didn't have like severe droughts. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So mm. it was just a really good growing season. Yeah, now that I think about it, we had a fairly dry but comfortable June. There wasn't a ton of rain, so we didn't get – there wasn't really any portion of the year where there was a ton or a flood of rain, but there was never a, a point either where it was, um, you know, drought-like conditions. So No, yeah. and really never, like, so hot that it was just unbearable this right. year, you know? So – yeah, it was just a great growing season. So we're gonna we'll see those results hopefully in years to come. You know, it does take eight to ten years to grow a Christmas tree. So, you know, one good growing season, we still have a lot in that life of the tree to go. Eight to ten years to grow a Christmas tree. Yes, eight to ten years. So I've so got so here. This, I've got a kind of a funny story to tell you. So uh, when I was growing up, 
my dad got frustrated one year because he thought that he was getting charged kind of a ridiculous amount for a Christmas tree. So he decided he was going to plant Christmas trees in our backyard. So I think I was like eight or eight years old or something like that. So we went in the backyard and he planted, I think it was like eight, eight to 10 Christmas trees in our backyard out on the side. And by God, we were going to, we were going to use those trees, you know, going forward. And, um, the funny thing was, is they grew, they grew pretty quickly, but by the time they got to the size that we could use them, he was so attached to those trees, he refused to cut them down. And so now, and so, uh, 40 years later, um, the things, no, it wasn't 40, 35 years later, the things grew to a ridiculous height. Uh, he had since passed away, and they were just sitting out there, and my mom just cut them down. Oh, that's funny. So yeah. <laughs> we never used them for Christmas trees. We kept buying real trees through the years. He still sucked it up and bought the real tree because we always had a real tree. But the ones that he planted to be a Christmas tree, they just they just grew to, and they, they were ridiculously high because they grow ridiculously high. They do. They will grow out of control on you. <laughs> but that's funny. Yeah. You know, in, this, in that eight to 10 years where they're growing at a farm, you know, there's a lot of care that's being done to the trees, too. You know, there's a lot of trimming, you know, to get that perfect shape. And there's mowing that's happening and fertilizing and watering and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I think a lot of dads complain about having to go and do that. I remember that too. I, you know, but my dad, that was back in the seventies. He liked to complain about stuff. So, but anyways, yeah, that's awesome. So um, if people wanted to find out where's the closest Christmas tree farm to them, um, is there a, is there a map or somewhere or they just Google yep. it or what? They can go to the Michigan Christmas Tree Association website, which is mcta.org, and we have uh, maps for choosing cut farms and retail lots. And there's uh, the map of Michigan with a little Christmas tree, and they can click on it, and they can see where the tree is located, uh, the address, any amenities that the farm may offer, you know, wagon rides, you know, uh, hot chocolate, those kind of things that will be listed. Uh, if they sell garland uh, or porch pots, things, you know, other things that people might like, and also the tree uh, species that they sell. So if you're specific and you're like, I want a Fraser fir or I want a con color, I will know. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Amy Start with the Michigan Tree Christmas Tree Association. Top 10 state status. Proceed to the plan. The road to top 10 plan from business leaders from Michigan charts a course for Michigan's growth with key landmarks along the way. Turn right to compete for good jobs. Like bringing quality jobs to Michigan, investing in education and job training, rebuilding our infrastructure, and more. And if we follow the plan... You have reached your destination. Top 10 state status. Read the full plan at michigansroadtotop10.com. Get more for your money this Thanksgiving at Meyer. Set the table with Meyer Grade A frozen turkey for 55 cents per pound. Limit two. Then save with everyday low prices on sides like Meyer stuffing mix and Meyer broth. A five pound bag of russet potatoes for 99 cents. And Pillsbury crescents and pie crusts. Buy three, get two free. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop in store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU remain the top four teams in the country for the third straight week as the college football playoff rankings dropped last night. LSU, new number five, Tennessee plummeted to 10. Cardinals fired offensive line coach and run game coordinator 
Sean Coogler following an undisclosed incident that took place in Mexico City on Sunday. Panthers starting quarterback carousel continues on Sunday as Sam Darnold will start under center against the Broncos at home. Astros ace Justin Verlander won the AL Comeback Player of the Year award, while Albert Pujols took home the honors on the NL side. De'Aaron Fox dropped in 32 to lead the Kings past the Grizzlies for their seventh straight win, their longest win streak since 2005. Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver, snapped their seven-game slide, and pick up their first road win of the season. That's sports. Ronda Moss, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I believe that it is conversations like this that we're having. So I'm grateful for this opportunity with your excellent show and its wide reach for us to talk directly to people and let them know. So we hear your voices. Let's say this is enough and let's get this done. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. And today for MPS, it is Kyle Malin of MERS News. My name is Tony Cuthbert. Let's take a look at sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. We start with college football as Michigan State put at number three in the newest college football playoff rankings. So now the Wolverines will attempt to defeat their bitter rival. That's number two ranked Ohio State for the second season in a row. That matchup, of course, high noon on Saturday. No update, though, Kyle, on whether or not Heisman candidate Blake Corum will be available after he left last week's game with a knee injury. Like I said, though, he was walking around handing out turkeys. Jim Harbaugh did his unlistenable radio show, and he didn't really say anything whatsoever about the whole situation. So maybe we'll have to wait until Saturday to see if Blake Corum's going to play. Uh, Just from what I've seen of the team this season, if they don't have them, I don't think they stand a shot against Ohio State. That's how important he is to that team. So there weather, is weather looks good for the for the game, though. Yeah, uh, forecast in Columbus, the only thing I saw was rain, and I think that's after the game should be over, so we won't have that. I don't think we're going to have weather issues anywhere in the no. Big Ten this week, to be honest. Even Michigan State out at Happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions, needing a win. But it looks like, by the way, too, whether or not Michigan State wins due to the lack of six-win teams in college football, Michigan State will probably be going to a bowl game regardless at 5-7. and seven. Really? Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Bob. So well, that's... Um, what, do we have like 50 bowl games again? We do. Yeah, there's an overabundance of bowl games with sponsors you have never heard of in your life that... And hey, ESPN owns most of these uh, bowl games to begin with, so they just want marquee teams if at all possible. That's why Michigan State would be very attractive, even at a 5-7 and seven record. And who's going to play in that game? Where is it going to be? Who knows? Uh, Basketball, college basketball this week is just insane if you are a college basketball fan. Michigan, uh, they have, let's just say, a lesser opponent tonight. Jackson State at the Chrysler Center. That is an 8.30 tip-off on Big Ten Network. Michigan Hmm. State, they flew out to uh, Portland yesterday to take part of the Phil Knight Invitational. They play tomorrow night against Alabama. That one is going to be tricky but like I said, college basketball today, the first game tips off at 11.30 this morning. American U at Georgetown. And if you're really sick, you can go all the way till 1 a.m. The SoCal Challenge, oh, wow. California Baptist versus Southern Illinois. That's only for the hardest, hardest of the hardest core. Yeah. Ooh, pack 12 after dark on that one. <laughs> that is a look at sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. 
This is Michigan's Big Show starring Michael Patrick Shields. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Multiple people are dead after a mass shooting at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. It's not clear at this time how many people are dead or injured, but Chesapeake Police spokesman Leo Kosinski says it's no more than 10 that have been killed. White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci urging Americans to get their COVID-19 boosters. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Whether or not you wear a mask... He did so in likely his last briefing on the pandemic. Fauci earlier this year announced he'll step down in December from his roles running the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and advising the White House. Speaking to reporters, Fauci said the data overwhelmingly shows COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. And fire officials are reminding folks that Thanksgiving is the biggest day of the year for cooking fires. They remind you to keep your eyes on your cooking equipment and keep young children out of the kitchen. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. A nice day for traveling across the Northeast Kingdom with scattered clouds and maybe a passing snow shower in the White and Green Mountains. But sunny sky and temperatures near 50 prevail from Boston down through the Mid-Atlantic with warmer temperatures heading down through Savannah. But watch for showers from Miami to the Keys with highs reaching 80 degrees. It'll be sunny and dry from the Panhandle over to Mobile Bay, New Orleans and Texas with bright sun over the nation's heartland and up into the Great Lakes. But look for snow showers and chillier conditions up around the Canadian border with Michigan. High pressure, big high pressure, prevails over the Rockies. Low 50s on the east side of the high, upper 30s on the back side, heralding some snow possible for Thanksgiving Day as the storm moves into the Pacific Northwest. With clouds and sun from San Francisco to L.A., clouds and 63 degrees in Vegas, sun and clouds 75 as possible down through Phoenix. That's your national weather forecast. I'm Brian Edwards, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio, I'm Michael Kastner. The city of Chesapeake, Virginia, is releasing more information about a late-night mass shooting that happened inside a busy Walmart store. Rory O'Neill reports. The city of Chesapeake confirms six people and the gunman were killed in the shooting that happened just after 10 o'clock last night, local time. There have been conflicting reports that the gunman may have been a current or former employee at that Walmart store. A police spokesperson said it's possible the gunman took his own life before officers arrived on scene. One local hospital confirms it is treating five wounded survivors, but their conditions are not known. Sources tell Colorado Springs outlets the suspected shooter in Saturday's mass shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub used a ghost gun and appeared to be fully automatic, allowing the firing of at least 40 to 50 shots before Good Samaritan subdued the suspect. Ghost guns are made using parts that can be purchased and assembled or 3D printed, making it difficult or impossible for authorities to trace. And a man faces numerous charges for allegedly throwing bricks at a gay bar in Manhattan. David is the owner of the bar in Hell's Kitchen and is relieved there's been an arrest. Whether or not it's directly a hate crime, it still feels um, hateful and it feels uh, intimidating. Police say Sean Quillen is seen on video throwing the brick at Verse Bar on 9th Avenue Saturday. Police say he previously vandalized the bar several other times in the past month. 
The New York fraud trial involving the Trump Organization will begin next fall. An October 2nd, 2023 date is when the trial for Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against Trump, his three adult children, and the Trump Organization will begin. The lawsuit was filed in September after a three-year investigation into if Trump and his company manipulated property values to gain investments as well as tax and loan benefits. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. The average Thanksgiving meal is up 14% this year across America due to inflation. The average cost for a classic Thanksgiving feast is a little over $53 for 10 people. That's according to a survey from the U.S. Farm Bureau. It's the most expensive dinner in the 37 years of the Bureau's holiday survey. With the Christmas shopping season right around the corner, the Florida Public Interest Research Group is once again out with its Trouble in Toyland report, designed to protect kids from unsafe toys. This year, BayCare Kids safety specialist Michelle Sterling says there's a special heads up concerning counterfeit toys and car seats. People are now making things at a cheaper cost and selling them on third-party retailers, selling them online, so that it looks like we're getting a great deal where, in fact, they're not made with those same safety standards that we are used to here in America. Another concern this holiday season, recalled toys that Consumer Action Network specialist Tom Walker says are still available through sites like Facebook Marketplace and others. Elton John is en route to New York City to help unveil an iconic department store's holiday windows. After wrapping up his North American tour in Los Angeles, Sir Elton will be in the Big Apple where he's teamed up with Saks Fifth Avenue on their iconic holiday windows. They debuted this week along with the store's light show, which incorporates the rock star's music. Saks is donating $1 million to John's AIDS Foundation and its Rocket Fund. Two Democratic senators asking the IRS to investigate the tax software company TurboTax. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and New Hampshire's Gene Shaheen say the company is depositing refunds into new bank accounts it opened without taxpayers' permission. As a result, they say they've been contacted by people who complain it's difficult or impossible to access the refunds. And yesterday, at the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 398 points to 3498. The S&P 500 added 53 points to 4003. The Nasdaq rose 150 points to close at 11174. Consumer and Business News, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU remain the top four teams in the country for the third straight week as the college football playoff rankings dropped last night. LSU, new number five, Tennessee plummeted to 10. Cardinals fired offensive line coach and run game coordinator Sean Coogler following an undisclosed incident that took place in Mexico City on Sunday. Panthers starting quarterback carousel continues on Sunday as Sam Darnold will start under center against the Broncos at home. Astros ace Justin Verlander won the AL Comeback Player of the Year award, while Albert Pujols took home the honors on the NL side. De'Aaron Fox dropped in 32 to lead the Kings past the Grizzlies for their seventh straight win, their longest win streak since 2005. Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver, snapped their seven-game slide, and pick up their first road win of the season. That's sports. Ronda Moss, NBC News Radio. A nice day for traveling across the Northeast Kingdom with scattered clouds and maybe a passing snow shower in the White and Green Mountains. But sunny sky and temperatures near 50 prevail from Boston down through the mid-Atlantic with warmer temperatures heading down through Savannah. But watch for showers from Miami to the Keys with highs reaching 80 degrees. It'll be sunny and dry from the Panhandle over to Mobile Bay, New Orleans, and Texas with bright sun over the nation's heartland and up into the Great Lakes. But look for snow showers and chillier conditions up 
around the Canadian border with Michigan. High pressure, big high pressure, prevails over the Rockies, low 50s on the east side of the high, upper 30s on the back side, heralding some snow possible for Thanksgiving Day as the storm moves into the Pacific Northwest. With clouds and sun from San Francisco to L.A., clouds and 63 degrees in Vegas, sun and clouds 75 as possible down through Phoenix. That's your national weather forecast. I'm Brian Edwards, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, coming at you through the AT&T microphones, and the show is sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Well, we're going to have just about half of the folks who are going to be state representatives in 2023 are going to be brand new to the legislature. That's what we get in this era of term limits. Almost half of the 110 members, brand spanking new, One of the new members is going to be someone who's going to be representing uh, Ionia County for the most part, but it goes a little bit into Eaton County, goes down into Barrie County, a little bit of Kent County. It's kind of an expansive geographical district that covers cities like Portland, Ionia, um, goes over into Lowell, Lake Odessa. And the person who's going to be serving there is joining us on the other end of the line. Her name is Gina Johnson. Good morning, Gina. How are you? Good morning, Kyle. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thanks for being on. So explain to our listeners, how would you describe the 78th district? Because the, the people who draw the map, it, it's, it's not uh, all contained in one area. Well, it's, uh, it looks complicated with four counties represented and almost 30 um, townships. Um, it's expansive, but, you know, this is great farming community. And small towns, small Michigan uh, cities, and this is where we get a lot of our food from. Uh, very important uh, part of Michigan. Natural resources are important to these voters, these citizens, and they have worked for generations to cultivate the land. They respect the land. They appreciate all that we have in our rich Michigan. I, I think Michigan's one of the most well naturally resourced states and our people are brilliant in how we use it so um it's a great it's a great district it's just expansive across four counties and that gets a little complicated to interact with that many different government officials at the county township city levels yeah i gotta imagine well tell our listeners a little bit about you tell us about your background where you come from Well, uh, born and raised Lansing. I've been in Michigan almost my entire life. I went to college out in Massachusetts for, you know, four four years and worked out there for a couple more years and came back to Michigan. Um, Raised uh, my daughter here 
and um, and she's now 30 years old and successful musician and graphic designer. Um, I have a roughly 30-year business background, mostly in the healthcare business. I currently am an insurance agent in the healthcare field and for health insurance, health and life. And um, I think one of the most important uh, motivators for me is my faith. And everybody has a faith, whether it's organized religion or not. Everybody has a core belief system that motivates them to make decisions um, every day. And certainly as uh, governmental leaders, um, our business people in any capacity, it steers how you treat people and how you respect truth in all that you do. So I think it's really important to um, to recognize that when we're working with others and when we're making our own decisions. I want to bring faith back to the Michigan government and restore civility and a high standard for good ethics. Now, you were involved in the House of Prayer here in Lansing, weren't you? Right. For the past 12 years, I've been the executive director, and it's a different kind of a house of prayer. There's houses of prayer all over the world, but this one in particular is a governmental house of prayer. So the focus is the Michigan government. That's why it's across the street from the Capitol, and um, we have been serving legislators and government officials in in many, many capacities downtown Lansing and have gotten to know the the Lansing culture, what is going on, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. And prayer is a powerful um, way to influence as well as um, I've also trained people to respectfully and honorably interact with their, their uh, government officials. And when you have a complaint, there's a lot of different, when you have a grievance, when you're suffering in some way, you have many different options on how you're going to articulate that, how you're going to get your grievance known. And we want to do it always respectfully, honorably, and in a way that's going to be the most effective for a good result. So you end so up that, so you end up counseling these uh, lawmakers to an extent when they come to the house of prayer and and work with them and and work through differences through kind of a faith-based approach. That's right. That's exactly right. And I've taken many many people um from the house of prayer, you know, after they pray and articulate what's going on, um I've taken them into the how the House building, the Senate buildings, um, governor's office, state board of vet offices, wherever it, it applies, and helped them get their point across and to ask intelligent questions and to find out more of what is weighing in on these matters. And it opens up the door for more people to be involved in their own government that they pay for. And instead of wringing their hands and you know whining and crying and being distressed, they find that they have a path for influence, and that's the design of our representative government. So and, it's been a great 12 years trying to help people get more active with their government. And all through prayer, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Now, when you talk about your faith, then, is there a particular branch of Christianity, or is House of Prayer kind of its own uh, branch? It's, it's all types of 
Christian faith. Okay. And um, we've even had some Jewish groups come in because there's such a tight relationship between Christians and Jews. Uh, the basis for Christianity is Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Old Testament is the basis for the whole faith. So, um, but you personally, though, but but you personally, oh. though, are you um, a specific uh, branch of faith? No, I'm really not. Okay. It's, and I welcome all Christians. Um, I've, I was raised Lutheran. I have attended all, all different kinds of Christian churches regularly over the years, and every single branch of Christianity has its strength, and we need them all to weigh in. And these represent all of the people in Michigan who have faith in, that, in, in the Christian faith. They all need to participate. They are all welcome. We need every piece of input available. So that's how we gather, and there are no, um, there's no boundary lines in the House of Prayer. And is it going to continue, even though you're going to be serving in the legislature? Absolutely, we got to keep praying. We got to keep these people active. We need to bring more civility and, like I said, high ethical standards. Um, we've fallen down in a lot of ways, and we need to learn from our mistakes. All right, well, just hang on, to the, uh, hang on, if you will. We're going to do a quick break, and we'll be right back with Gina Johnson, who's going to be the new state representative in the 78th House District next year. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Now is the perfect time. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now at DeanJobs.com and start your paid training. Head to DeanJobs.com. Fly Lansing nonstop to Orlando on Avello Airlines and enjoy Florida sunshine in no time. Fly from Lansing's Capital Region International Airport and enjoy affordable parking, hassle-free check-in, and short security lines. Starting October 26th, say hello to Avello with nonstop flights from Lansing to Orlando International Airport. Book your trip today at aveloair.com. That's A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. And fly Lansing. We can't see tomorrow, but we can hear it. Tomorrow sounds like hydrogen being added to natural gas to make it more sustainable. It sounds like solar panels generating thousands of megawatts. And it sounds like carbon being captured and stored, keeping it out of our atmosphere. We've been bridging to a sustainable energy future for more than 20 years. Because what we do today helps ensure tomorrow is on. Enbridge. Life takes energy. Beat the summer heat and the winter cold with a new carrier high-efficiency comfort system installed by Doty Mechanical. Doty Mechanical is your preferred carrier factory-authorized dealer, installing and servicing carrier products in mid-Michigan for over 30 years. With carrier cool cash and utility rebates, save money and energy at the same time. Call Doty Mechanical today at 327-7777 for your free estimate. For heating and cooling, the names to know, Doty Mechanical and Carrier, turn to the experts. Hip Hop Nutcracker is coming to streaming TV. The show is a new take on the Christmas classic ballet set in New York City. It features rap legends Curtis Blow and the Jersey resident Reverend Run from Run DMC who will narrate the program, which will be available on Disney Plus starting Friday. 
Top Gun Maverick, also set to land in living rooms soon. The hit sequel film will debut on Paramount Plus on December 22nd. The Tom Cruise-led flick is the highest-grossing movie at the worldwide and domestic box office this year, bringing in more than $1.4 billion across the world. It also stars Miles Taylor, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, and Val Kilmer. Metallica is set to stream their Helping Hands concert on Paramount Plus as well. The show will benefit the band's All Within My Hands Foundation. It's set to take place on December 16th at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. Greta Van Fleet will open the concert, followed by a unique performance by Metallica. 100% of ticket sales and donation proceeds will go directly to those in need through the foundation. Lance Entertainment, Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. We're joined again by Gina Johnson, who's going to be a state representative in the 78th House District at the beginning of the year. And uh, we, we talked this last segment, this past segment, about the House of Prayer. If you missed that, you may want to go back to the uh, One Touch app or mibigshow.com and, and listen to the beginning of that. But, Gina, I wanted to talk about uh, other things about, about uh, your background, because you are a uh, Renaissance person, to be sure. I understand that you're also musically inclined. <laughs> well, I guess that got out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm in a band, and, um, you know, you start as a little kid with your parents forcing you to take whatever piano lessons or, you know, music lessons, and later you you thank them because it was um, a rich part of your, your education. I think mu- learning music for children is very important because it activates the whole brain, so does art. And it helps them learn math and other things real well. And I didn't have any idea that I would end up playing uh, for a, a nice hobby on the side as an adult. It's interesting because uh, one of the reps who uh, represented this district before, Brian Kelly, he also is musically inclined. Uh, he plays the guitar and likes playing uh, the uh, keyboards as well. What is your instrument of uh, preferred instrument? It's it's also piano and singing and some flute and it's funny you say that Brian and I have discussed that. Um, there's uh, one of the lobbyists downtown has asked us if we would put together a capital band with Brian, me, and him and a few others. Who knows what's going to happen? But um, we're all enjoying music together and it's it's a rich way to. Um, Blow off steam, which we will certainly need to do and because of Lansing tension. <laughs> That's for sure. And particularly during the holidays, that piano downstairs usually get rolled out. Uh, Senator Ed McBroom, who's been on this show before, he likes to sing, and uh, he, can, he can belt it out. Um, Mark Tisdell, who uh, will be one of your caucus members in the State House, he sings for his Catholic Church and has a very rich voice. So, uh, yeah, a lot of singing talent on the on the state house. And does your band play locally? Uh, how often do you do you guys uh, get out there? Um, yeah, we play around the the state, mostly mid Michigan. We've been hired to go up to as far north as Traverse City, um, as far east as Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, but um, you know Grand Rapids, but greater Lansing uh, most of the musicians live in or around Lansing so we we play in restaurants and 
wherever we're wherever we're hired, uh, private weddings, and we have a ball. What's the name of What's the name of this? Parted Waters Band on Facebook. Okay. Parted Waters Band. If you just do Parted Waters, you find a water source, which is not a bad thing. But (laughs) it's not not you. It's not you. Yeah. What else are you interested in? What else do you like to do? Um. Well, I'm a hunter, and I love to fish in Lake Michigan, especially. I grew up with a father who was a hunter and a fisherman, and he'd take us out um, trolling for salmon in uh, Lake Michigan. I love the Great Lakes, the whole environment here in Michigan. We have so much to do, whether whatever season it is. And I love winter. And while everyone else is grousing about ice and snow and cold, I, I just keep encouraging everybody. You know, it comes around every year. If you get the right gear and you're warm enough, you actually enjoy it, embrace it, and it's beautiful. So, um, Is there a particular sport you like to do, uh, skiing or snowshoeing or skating? I love to downhill ski. Mm-hmm. And my daughter became quite a great uh, ice skater when I was raising her, and so we I'm not so good myself, but she became very good. And there's just a lot of good winter sports if people take the time to get into that and enjoy it. There's always something to do. We don't need to go all the way to Florida or Texas or California to find good, fun things to do. Yeah. Um, I also have a, a background in the healthcare business, and I know that was more just, uh, you know, providing for my family, but I have a passion to see. Our, our patients get what they want and what they need, and our doctors to have the dignity restored to them that they can actually prescribe what they think is best for their patients, and they can practice medicine according to their training and their consciences. And this is really important for our culture to have that restored again. Yeah, I was going to ask you about health care because there, there seems to be a, a little angst about the future of hospitals and, and how they're getting paid and, and long wait times. What do you think needs to be done? Well, first of all, with certificate of need, um, we have cut down the ability to have more competition in the hospital arena, and that does not help. We, we're a marketplace, free market society, and the more competition we have, we know that prices go down and the service goes up. This should be restored back to our healthcare culture in Michigan. We also, like I said, we've got to have the government take the handcuffs off of our clinicians, whether it's medical doctors, chiropractors, other healthcare professionals, they need to be able to operate with the freedom and the dignity that their trade and their training um, has provided. We, We need to have patients that need to have the freedom to see their doctors again. And more of a free market model would would definitely bring the prices down, the costs down, but it would also open up the possibility of patients to navigate and move about more freely um, um, to get to get their needs met. So would you would you advocate more of kind of a user pay type system where you a fee for service as opposed to running everything through an insurance company every time? Absolutely. And that's ironic I'm I'm a health insurance agent, and I would like more of that and less of the health insurance world dictating all of it. Now, we always need some insurance maybe for catastrophic and 
bigger, you know, high-priced items. But there needs to be a healthy balance here, and we don't have it. That's why people are screaming with whatever insurance they have. They're, they're crying that they're not getting their needs met. They're paying more than they've ever paid in their lives for premiums and for the cost of the actual health care and medications, and they're not getting better. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Gina Johnson, she's going to be the next state representative in the 78th district, which is Ionia, Berry County. Appreciate you sharing some time with us today. Thank you so much, Kyle. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show. Substantial assets are missing from a cryptocurrency company that went belly up. That's according to a lawyer for FTX who spoke during a bankruptcy hearing. They added that cyber attacks were happening as bankruptcy proceedings got underway. FTX has said it has about $1.24 billion as of this past Sunday. However, a previous filing revealed creditors were owed just over $3 billion. Hewlett-Packard announcing plans to lay off roughly four to 6,000 employees by the end of 2025. The company said the reduction will result in annualized gross run rate savings of close to $1.5 billion over the next three years. This marks the latest in a string of tech layoffs as companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Lyft have all announced plans to lay off employees. And Mazda will invest more than $10.5 billion in electric vehicles. It also wants EVs to be up to 40% of total global sales by the start of the next decade. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. And today for MPS, it is Kyle Malin of MERS News, MIRSnews.com. My name is Tony Cuthbert. The opening bell rings this morning after stocks closed higher yesterday on strong earnings reports. Best Buy, Abercrombie & Fitch, and American Eagle. Did not know those two companies were still around, but okay, shares all rose sharply and better than expected results. Comments by Federal Reserve leaders that recent inflation data looks promising gave markets a boost ahead of the holiday. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 397 points to 3498. The S&P 500 added 53 points to 4003, and the Nasdaq rose 149 points to 11174. All of those numbers provided to you by John Galuz of Union Financial Group LLC.com. Thanksgiving is a day filled with food, family, and shopping. Fires. Fires. Oh. Yeah. Here's Paul Miles. Thanksgiving is peak day for fires. We have more cooking fires on Thanksgiving and the days leading up to Thanksgiving than any other day of the year. Fire Department Major Bobby Cooper. Cooking's the leading cause of structure fires. It's also the leading cause of fatalities in a structure fire. And you've got people who typically do cook, cooking a tremendous amount of food at one time. So you've got ovens and stoves and microwaves and crockpots going at the same time. You've also got amateur cooks, so people who don't cook so often. Major Cooper is urging people to keep a fire extinguisher nearby when cooking Thanksgiving dinner. If the oven catches fire, close it and turn it off. Taking the air and heat away will help put out the fire. I'm Paul Miles. I guess that will serve as our PSA for the morning on all of that. But shopping, of course, yes, it is a big deal. And he mentioned amateur cooks. Well, that would be me. Kyle, have you ever attempted to deep fry a, a turkey before? No. No. Why? Nervous or uh, um, I'm just not a deep fryer. I, I'm worried about the cholesterol. So I, wow. I, yeah, so that's why. On a day you fill yourself, you're worried. You're trying to be healthy as possible. That's correct. So that's really the big reason why. And then also it would have to be enormous 
And I just don't own a deep fryer. I don't. I try and avoid eating fried foods. Yeah, usually you have to buy a specialized one and then get out in the garage and give it a whirl. I've had it before. It's good. It's something I would never attempt on my own. I just leave that to the experts, mainly uh, my mom, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, mother-in-law, uh, grandparents. Have fun. I'm the amateur here. And I will just enjoy and uh, thank you for everything. This is Michigan's Big Show starring Michael Patrick Shields. Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. The city of Chesapeake, Virginia, is releasing more information about a late-night mass shooting that happened inside a busy Walmart store. Rory O'Neill reports. The city of Chesapeake confirms six people and the gunman were killed in the shooting that happened just after 10 o'clock last night, local time. There have been conflicting reports that the gunman may have been a current or former employee at that Walmart store. A police spokesperson said it's possible the gunman took his own life before officers arrived on scene. One local hospital confirms it is treating five wounded survivors, but their conditions are not known. Sources tell Colorado Springs outlets the suspected shooter in Saturday's mass shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub used a ghost gun and appeared to be fully automatic, allowing the firing of at least 40 to 50 shots before Good Samaritan subdued the suspect. Ghost guns are made using parts that can be purchased and assembled or 3D printed, making it difficult or impossible for authorities to trace. And a man faces numerous charges for allegedly throwing bricks at a gay bar in Manhattan. David is the owner of the bar in Hell's Kitchen and is relieved there's been an arrest. Whether or not it's directly a hate crime, it still feels um, hateful and it feels uh, intimidating. Police say Sean Quillen is seen on video throwing the brick at Verse Bar on 9th Avenue Saturday. Police say he previously vandalized the bar several other times in the past month. The New York fraud trial involving the Trump Organization will begin next fall. An October 2nd, 2023 date is when the trial for Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against Trump, his three adult children, and the Trump Organization will begin. The lawsuit was filed in September after a three-year investigation into if Trump and his company manipulated property values to gain investments as well as tax and loan benefits. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. An Oregon couple is celebrating twins that are likely to be the longest frozen embryos to result in live births. When Rachel Ridgway gave birth on Halloween, her healthy twins came courtesy of embryos created 30 years ago. Going into this process, we wanted to choose children that um, in our eyes were the most unwanted, the most needy, the ones in a lot of ways that have been overlooked. They sat in storage on tiny straws kept in liquid nitrogen at 200 degrees below zero in a device that looks a lot like a propane tank. Parents Rachel and Philip used a faith-based national embryo donation center to help grow their family. They have four other children, all born naturally. Studies show about 25 to 40 percent of frozen embryos result in a live birth. So the Ridgeways, well, they hit the jackpot. Health update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, filling in today with Tony Cuthbert. We mentioned that uh, obviously Thanksgiving's tomorrow, 
And uh, what do we think of after Thanksgiving is, of course, shopping. And uh, one of the people who knows a little bit about shopping is our next guest. Andrea Bightley is the spokesperson for the Michigan Retailers Association. Andrea, you got your turkey yet or are you not doing turkey this year? Uh, We are all ready for the turkey. All right. So how are you going to be cooking the turkey? I mean, in the oven. We're we're not frying it or anything. We're not. That's scary to me, Kyle. Yeah. See, that was what Tony was saying. He's freaked out about it. I just, I don't want to do it for health reasons, but it sounds like a fire (laughs) waiting to happen. Well, you see those videos of the firemen every year that drop the semi-frozen turkey into the vat of oil, and I'm just not interested in have the Lansing Fire Department over at our house. <laughs> What's your favorite Thanksgiving Day food? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Okay. See, I like the green bean casserole, but I've just now determined that nobody else likes it. Like, nobody in, like, my immediate family, nobody, like, my sister and her family don't like it. More for you. Well, well, well I'm just so not going to make mean... it for me. <laughs> I think my mom would eat it. Ask. Uh, I, I think my mom would eat it, I think. It was funny. I, I was just at Meyer yesterday getting some last-minute things, and I uh, I asked my sister, I said, uh, I see a strawberry rhubarb pie. My mom liked making strawberry pies back in the day. She doesn't make them anymore. But anyway, I said, can I get this? She said, no, I've already got the largest uh, pumpkin pie ever, so don't bring it. So I said, that's okay. I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to eat it when I get home. Ooh. And I did. Oh, yum. I thought you were worried about your health. No, well, when it comes to it's cholesterol, true. it's when cholesterol. I got it, oh, but man. when it comes to sugar, I'm not. I I, I don't really know the stop mechanism. Which, <laughs> you got to be making a fun dessert, aren't you, Andrea? Uh, no, just traditional pumpkin pie. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. The bitely way. All right. Well, let's talk about what we're going to do after Thanksgiving, and your members are going to be very busy. The Retailers Association. Um, but it sounds like the economy, inflation, what are you all expecting? Well, we're hoping that Michiganians get out there and get up early on Friday, do some Black Friday shopping, and then continue on Saturday for Small Business Saturday. Uh, the National Retail Federation, our partners in D.C., are anticipating a larger shopping year. Um, but we've all seen some scary inflation numbers lately. So the concern from Michigan small business is that folks won't get out there and they're not going to shop the way they have in the past. So fingers crossed that um, everybody who's listening goes to at least one small business for their Christmas shopping this year. Now, to that point, uh, you all put out a report for October that sales had decreased since uh, September uh, your survey index came in at 48.9, a steep dip from September's 61.5%, with 45% of Michigan retailers reporting a sales increase and 39% reporting a decrease. So it, it looks like things are a little, uh, yeah, like you said, a little bit on shaky grounds when it comes to that. They are, absolutely. Michigan's retailers are really dependent on the fourth quarter, just like every small and medium-sized business in the country. That fourth quarter really sets you up for success or failure for the next year. Um, If folks decide to not shop small, shop local, buy nearby, if you will, uh, then next year that might not be an option. So if you are lucky enough to have a really great downtown in your community, head there first. Um, 
try to get at least one, two, three, maybe four of your Christmas presents at a smaller retailer. Um, hit Main Street first. Now, why? Now, some listeners might have been just going to Amazon and, and just buying all their stuff that way because it's delivered right to their doorstep. What advantage do you get by just going in person to a shop? Absolutely. Well, you get that instant gratification of having that item ready to go. Um, you know the quality of the item. You know the scent of the candle. Uh, if you're a late shopper, uh, you're not going to have to worry that uh, a plane, train, or automobile that is delivering that gift will make it on time. You never know what's going to happen here in the Midwest with some sort of weather event, and suddenly uh, the Lansing airport's closed and no Amazon planes are landing. Um, but if you do choose to buy online, you do have options that will make you uh, a more Michigan-friendly buyer. You can always check to see where the item is shipping from. Maybe the um, fulfillment person is right here in Lansing, um, or maybe they're in Detroit or up in Traverse City. If you're shopping on Etsy or one of the other handmade websites, you could always check there, too, to find out if the seller is located here in Michigan. Where is your favorite place to shop? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I'm a Meyer girl, first of all. Um, <laughs> Our sponsor likes to hear that. <laughs> but I love going to some of the little independent bookstores. Um, if I'm in Detroit, I love going to John King Books. It's one of the best places to find uh, a unique book ever in the state of Michigan. Um, I love going up to Holland and some of the yeah. really cool stores on Main Street there as well. Yeah, we like we were just there. Um, uh, what was it earlier this month? Uh, my mm-hmm. daughter took her friends uh, for her birthday, and they went up and down the streets of Holland, poking their heads into shops, trying to find some fun treasures. That that's always a fun experience. Yeah, we recently took um, our company mascot, the Binder Buy Guy, to Holland um, to film a whole video of Binder Buy Guy helping out local retailers. So he was able to go into one of the jewelry shops and measure a diamond, and that was a lot of fun. He helped people put shoes on in one of the shoe shops. Um, We've been doing everything we can to help our small and mid-sized businesses make it through these really challenging times. Hold on. You guys got a mascot. What is this called? Yeah, we have a mascot. His name is Binary Buy Guy. He is a eight-foot-tall state of Michigan, um, upper and lower peninsula, Um, and he travels the state of Michigan. You can have him stop by sometime, Kyle. Okay, I, I got to look this up. I got to see what this guy looks like. Where can I see a picture of him? <laughs> well, I can send you a text message okay. here in a well, second I, of by nearby guy. There, there has to, you got to have a photo online. I see somewhere. it. I well, see he's all it. over our it? website. He's a um, com. You can see him uh, in his great uh, accomplishments anytime you'd like. Oh my gosh! It looks like the uh, the girl from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when she oh. turns into the blueberry. Or oh whatever. my gosh, she does! <laughs> yeah, Luca Salt, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, he's eight feet. He is. He's huge. He has to duck to go through a, a store front door. Does anybody from the UP give you grief because it's not geographically accurate? Well, we do include Upper Peninsula on there. I, I, yeah, I know. It, it's a little... But if we, if we had it geographically accurate, I think uh, I think buying a buy guy would be at least 10 feet tall. <laughs> you, would have, you would have to reposition the UP, too, because uh, he would have a pretty hard wing to the, uh, to the right of him. 
that's true. You might blow away. We don't want that. <laughs> he, he'd hit his head as he was trying to enter a door or something. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Andrea Bightley, she's the Vice President of Marketing Communications for the Michigan Retailers Association. Appreciate you joining us here on Michigan's Big Show. Thanks, Kyle. Room. You're listening to Mission's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter. If you want to know, Top Gun Maverick is set to land in living rooms very soon. The sequel film to Top Gun is going to be coming in and available on streaming services very soon. If you want to watch The Danger Zone, it was the highest grossing movie at the box offices worldwide this year. Traverse City is more than a place. It's a destination. And for many, it's a dream, but a dream that's reachable and ready every single day. Just a car ride away. Traverse City is diverse, though, from beaches to boating to bluffs to wine and food, shopping and snowmobiling, gaming and golf. The possibilities are countless. So become a regular in Traverse City where you'll feel away and at home because its people are its charm. Visit TraverseCity.com to learn more on our Fab Fall Getaways. Welcome to the Michigan Lottery Show. The fun and excitement. 50 years ago, a jackpot started growing in Michigan. Inspired by fun and prizes for players, this jackpot has helped local businesses. Cleaning a lottery ticket was sold at the family market. And led to over $26 billion in support for Michigan public schools. Today, the jackpot is still growing. And the goodness it's spreading is a win for everyone. The Michigan Lottery. For fun, for schools, for 50 years. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. NBC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. Multiple people are dead after a mass shooting at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Chesapeake Police spokesperson Leo Kaczynski says the situation was active for at least a half an hour. We go inside and long story short, over the course of the next 30-45 minutes, we were able to find multiple fatalities and multiple injured parties. Police are confirming the shooter is dead and may have been a male employee. The person suspected of killing five and wounding at least 17 after opening fire in a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs is expected in court today. The state public defenders for 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich filed a slew of motions Tuesday and included a footnote that claims the suspect is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. He's facing suspicion of murder and bias-motivated crimes charges. Voters in Georgia are gearing up for the state Senate runoff election next month. Early voting got underway Tuesday in at least one of the state's 159 counties. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. Really leading to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, but today is a big day as well. 
It is the birthday of our next guest, Dennis Muchmore, a frequent guest and friend of the program. Happy birthday, Dennis. Well, thanks, Kyle. Uh, I'll I'll be expecting my presence later today. Well, it's on the way, that's for sure, as soon as I figure out your address. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but if we had to put all the candles on a cake, uh, what would happen to the cake? Melt. Melt. (laughs) Melt completely down. You know, there was no such thing as icing on a a cake my age. (laughs) I I hope you and Deb are, are celebrating somehow, though. Well, we have, and uh, you know, uh, Deb and I are thrilled to death. We we got a little little birthday present this week when uh, my uh, favorite deputy chief of staff became the chief justice of the Michigan Supreme Court. Oh, she, that's uh, right, Beth Clement. And uh, you know, I, I'm thrilled to death, and she is uh, absolutely up to the task and qualified, and a you know, a fabulous person. So. Yeah, I was pretty thrilled over that. Yeah, when you were the uh, when you worked for Governor Snyder, was she the chief legal counsel at that time? Uh, she was uh, both the chief legal counsel and my deputy chief of staff. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's uh, and and you know that uh, just goes to show that uh, on the Supreme Court they do uh, kind of mix those titles around. Even though the Republicans technically are in the minority on the Supreme Court, they still named a Republican nominated justice to be the chief justice. Yeah, well, I I think the Supreme Court, uh, you know, these are all uh, really talented, uh, smart, successful lawyers, and uh, you know, they're they're people who believe in the legal system. So, you know, their interest when they get a chief justice is to have somebody who can help them uh, run the administrative parts of the court, and um, you know, help keep people together and uh, keep you know infighting out of the out of the uh, mix, and I, I think Beth is eminently qualified for that role. So we're going to see a change there at the Supreme Court. We've got a new Supreme Court justice coming in. Another big change, though, in Lansing doesn't get talked about a lot among regular folks because it's not top of mind for them, but it's top of mind for us, and that is the change in the legislature with the Democrats going to be in the major- majority in both the House and the Senate. And what that means in terms of staffing um, because when you are in the majority in the legislature, you're going to have naturally larger staffs because you're now chairing committees. And it also means for lobbying, um, lobbying firms, if you don't have Democrats on staff or, or people who can relate to those Democratic legislators, you're in for a long haul. So I bring this up, Dennis, because I know you know the situation. There's a lot of people in this town who are looking for a certain type of person right now, isn't there? Well, I, I think so, although that may be overblown a little bit, Kyle, no, no offense to you and your brethren in the uh, in the journalistic world, but I think that's overblown a little bit. I mean, the first thing you do uh, when you have a lobbying firm is you hire the smartest person you can find. Um, and And that sometimes means that you hire somebody who's a Republican, and sometimes it's a Democrat. And if you can find somebody with all these qualities that, uh, you know, has inroads into the Democratic Party, uh, I think you're going to hire them. Uh, But that doesn't preclude. There's a lot of great uh, uh, people on both sides of the aisle who have gone into the lobbying business and become very good at it. So so what you're saying is that uh, these lobbying firms should have somebody on staff already who has connections in with these legislators? Yeah, they probably do, although it's quite a bit different than it used to be because uh, 
in the uh, in the past, uh, when you had uh, long-term uh, legislators, uh, you had some staff that had been there for a long time, and people got used to dealing with them. Uh, now there's a lot more turnover, and uh, the staff isn't quite as stable, and so it's hard to find um, people who deal with the legislature as a staff member who you want in a lobbying firm. I think also people kind of, you know, it's a little bit of inside baseball, but, you know, the the legislature doesn't operate the same way it used to before term limits. It now operates kind of on a, on a caucus basis where the caucuses take a lot more positions and there's a lot less independence for the members. And so, therefore, there's a lot less need for somebody who knows the rules uh, on the floor and who knows... Uh, you know, parliamentary procedure than there used to be. Huh. So what kind of change could, are you expecting to see here with the Democrats taking control of both the Senate and the House? Well, I, th- I think there'll be some change. I mean, I think there'll be some uh, some issues with uh, some of the, you know, the activities that they want to jump on. Um, you know, they'll discover that it's, it's not always uh, just because people are in a party that... Uh, that they can deliver exactly what the party wants. Uh, you you still have individuals who still have constituencies. And uh, so, you know, you get a little bit into that. I'm more interested, frankly, in the appropriations process with two new appropriations chairs uh, who haven't done it before. And uh, I think that'll be pretty interesting to watch. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, you've been around here a long time. It's, uh, it's a fascinating process. Uh, procedure to watch uh, legislation being made. No, that's for sure. And, and you mentioned the approach chairs, both of them from the Lansing area. Sarah Anthony is going to be heading the Senate <laughs> Appropriations Committee. And then uh, Angela Whitwer, who was on the show earlier this week, is going to be the chair of the House Appropriations Committee. So a lot of different changes here. Um, and another striking thing here, too, is the amount of diversity that uh, we're seeing here with the legislative leadership and then, obviously, the new Supreme Court justice. It does seem to be a priority here with the Democratic leadership. Well, it, it does. Uh, although, you know, when I came to Lansing um, many, many, many moons ago, uh, the, the guy who was really in charge kind of as a Democratic caucus, and I, was, I worked for a Democratic senator when I first came here, um, is, was uh, the black minority leader. Uh, floor leader from Detroit, Coleman Young, who later became the mayor. And the um, the minority leader at the time was George Fitzgerald, who was Jimmy Hoffa's attorney. <laughs> and uh, if that isn't enough of a, of a thing, uh, you know, and then the Republicans had control and then they lost it. Yeah, things change here, but uh, we're glad to always have you here. Happy birthday, Dennis, much more. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, 
or a broken spirit. Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU remain the top four teams in the country for the third straight week as the college football playoff rankings dropped last night. LSU, new number five, Tennessee plummeted to 10. Cardinals fired offensive line coach and run game coordinator Sean Kugler following an undisclosed incident that took place in Mexico City on Sunday. Panthers starting quarterback carousel continues on Sunday as Sam Darnold will start under center against the Broncos at home. Astros ace Justin Verlander won the AL Comeback Player of the Year award, while Albert Pujols took home the honors on the NL side. De'Aaron Fox dropped in 32 to lead the Kings past the Grizzlies for their seventh straight win, their longest win streak since 2005. Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver, snapped their seven-game slide, and pick up their first road win of the season. That's sports. Ronda Moss, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I believe that it is conversations like this that we're having. So I'm grateful for this opportunity with your excellent show and its wide reach for us to talk directly to people and let them know. So hear your voices. Let's say this is enough and let's get this done. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. And today for MPS, it is Kyle Malin of MERS News. My name is Tony Cuthbert. Let's take a look at sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. And before we get to college football, college basketball, we must start with the Pistons because they won a game. Therefore, we need to celebrate it. No kidding. Yeah. They haven't done that in a while. They had a seven-game losing streak going into last night on the road against the Denver Nuggets. 110-108 was your final Leading scorer for the Pistons, Bojan Bogdanovic, 22 points. Your Pistons sit with the worst record in the association at 4-15. First road win of the year. And you know what? They're right back at it again tonight. Utah Jazz still on the road, all part of this road trip as they look for their first back-to-back wins of the season. The Red Wings, not that bad of a start to the season. They are going for their third straight win tonight when they host the Nashville Predators. Are they in the playoff hunt? The Red Wings are right now. We are extremely early in the season. We can say, just like the Lions, loosely, the Red Wings are in the graphic. That's all we're looking for when you're watching your sports shows and you see the teams that could make it. They're both in the graphic, so that's all good news right there. Now we go to college football, where Michigan sits at number three in the newest college football playoff rankings. Of course, we have the game this weekend in Columbus, Ohio, number three versus number two, Michigan versus Ohio State, high noon. And uh, no word yet on Blake Corum whether or not the star running back will be playing for the University of Michigan. He has an injured left knee. He is extremely important if they want to find a way to win this game. Michigan State, of course, on the road. Penn State, that game is a, what is it, a 4 o'clock kickoff on Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's better than the Big Ten Network. The Big Ten Network will have Michigan tonight, their basketball team, as they host Jackson State. 
and they're favored, I hope. They better be. I don't even know if there's a line. I don't even know if Jackson State's Division One. I. I don't even know where it's at. Probably Mississippi, I would imagine, I hope. That's an 8.30 tip-off. There is a 0.0% chance I will be watching at that time for a game like that. Michigan State, this is going to be must-see TV. Unfortunately, it's even later. 10.30 tip-off against Alabama tomorrow night. Michigan State, 3-1. and one. They've won two straight big games against Kentucky and Villanova, but... According to the experts, whoever those people are, tomorrow night might be their toughest test so far of the season. We'll I don't see. see the line on that one either. That will come tomorrow. Okay. That's tomorrow. And that's brought to you by Dean Transportation. NBC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. Multiple people are dead after a mass shooting at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. Chesapeake Police spokesperson Leo Kaczynski says the situation was active for at least a half an hour. We go inside and long story short, over the course of the next 30-45 minutes, we were able to find multiple fatalities and multiple injured parties. Police are confirming the shooter is dead and may have been a male employee. The person suspected of killing five and wounding at least 17 after opening fire in a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs is expected in court today. The state public defenders for 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich filed a slew of motions Tuesday and included a footnote that claims the suspect is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. He's facing suspicion of murder and bias-motivated crimes charges. Voters in Georgia are gearing up for the state Senate runoff election next month. Early voting got underway Tuesday in at least one of the state's 159 counties. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. A nice day for traveling across the Northeast Kingdom with scattered clouds and maybe a passing snow shower in the White and Green Mountains. But sunny sky and temperatures near 50 prevail from Boston down through the mid-Atlantic with warmer temperatures heading down through Savannah. But watch for showers from Miami to the Keys with highs reaching 80 degrees. It'll be sunny and dry from the Panhandle over to Mobile Bay, New Orleans and Texas with bright sun over the nation's heartland and up into the Great Lakes. But look for snow showers and chillier conditions up around the Canadian border with Michigan. High pressure, big high pressure, prevails over the Rockies. Low 50s on the east side of the high, upper 30s on the backside, heralding some snow possible for Thanksgiving Day as the storm moves into the Pacific Northwest. With clouds and sun from San Francisco to L.A., clouds and 63 degrees in Vegas, sun and clouds 75 as possible down through Phoenix. That's your national weather forecast. I'm Brian Edwards, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The FBI and the ATF have now joined the investigation into the latest mass shooting in America. As many as 10 people are believed to have been killed by a lone shooter at a Walmart store in Chesapeake, Virginia. The sister of a victim who's been a longtime employee says she talked to her brother and he's doing okay. The fact that he was talking, um, I, I, my parents who live in Florida also called him and he spoke with them very quickly. The woman didn't identify herself but says her brother has worked at the store for 20 years. There are multiple reports that the gunman may have been an employee, possibly the manager. The New York fraud trial against former President Trump now has a start date. An October the 2nd, 2023 date is when the trial for Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against Trump, his three adult children, and the Trump Organization will begin. The lawsuit was filed in September after a three-year investigation into if Trump and his company manipulated property values to gain investments as well as tax and loan benefits. 
Authorities in Idaho are investigating reports that one of the University of Idaho students who was murdered had a stalker. Chris Caraggio reports. Moscow police say they have looked into potential reports that Kaylee Goncalves had a stalker, something they have not yet been able to verify. The four students were all found murdered on November 13th in a house near campus. Autopsies reveal they were slaughtered by someone with a large knife. The report adds they were probably attacked in their sleep. Police haven't recovered the murder weapon and warn the killer is still on the loose. A press conference is scheduled for Wednesday afternoon. I'm Chris Caraggio. And Jay Leno was already headed back to his car garage and comedy tours just days after being severely burned. On Tuesday, Leno was seen driving himself to the same car garage where the accident happened and told reporters he'd be back on stage as early as this weekend for more comedy shows. Less than two weeks ago, the actor was working on a vintage car when it burst into flames and injured him. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The average Thanksgiving meal is up 14% this year across America due to inflation. The average cost for a classic Thanksgiving feast is a little over $53 for 10 people. That's according to a survey from the U.S. Farm Bureau. It's the most expensive dinner in the 37 years of the Bureau's holiday survey. With the Christmas shopping season right around the corner, the Florida Public Interest Research Group is once again out with its Trouble in Toyland report, designed to protect kids from unsafe toys. This year, BayCare Kids safety specialist Michelle Sterling says there's a special heads up concerning counterfeit toys and car seats. People are now making things at a cheaper cost and selling them on third-party retailers, selling them online, so that it looks like we're getting a great deal, where in fact, they're not made with those same safety standards that we are used to here in America. Another concern this holiday season, recalled toys that Consumer Action Network specialist Tom Walker says are still available through sites like Facebook Marketplace and others. Elton John is en route to New York City to help unveil an iconic department store's holiday windows. After wrapping up his North American tour in Los Angeles, Sir Elton will be in the Big Apple where he's teamed up with Saks Fifth Avenue on their iconic holiday windows. They debuted this week along with the store's light show, which incorporates the rock star's music. Saks is donating $1 million to John's AIDS Foundation and its Rocket Fund. Two Democratic senators asking the IRS to investigate the tax software company TurboTax. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and New Hampshire's Gene Shaheen say the company is depositing refunds into new bank accounts it opened without taxpayers' permission. As a result, they say they've been contacted by people who complain it's difficult or impossible to access the refunds. And yesterday, at the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 398 points to 3498. The S&P 500 added 53 points to 4003. The Nasdaq rose 150 points to close at 11174. Consumer and Business News, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU remain the top four teams in the country for the third straight week as the college football playoff rankings dropped last night. LSU, new number five, Tennessee plummeted to 10. Cardinals fired offensive line coach and run game coordinator Sean Coogler following an undisclosed incident that took place in Mexico City on Sunday. Panthers starting quarterback carousel continues on Sunday as Sam Darnold will start under center against the Broncos at home. Astros ace Justin Verlander won the AL Comeback Player of the Year award, while Albert Pujols took home the honors on the NL side. De'Aaron Fox dropped in 32 to lead the Kings past the Grizzlies for their seventh straight win, their longest win streak since 2005. Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver, snapped their seven-game slide, and pick up their first road win of the season. That's sports. Ron DeMoss, NBC News Radio. 
A nice day for traveling across the northeast kingdom with scattered clouds and maybe a passing snow shower in the white and green mountains. But sunny sky and temperatures near 50 prevail from Boston down through the mid-Atlantic with warmer temperatures heading down through Savannah. But watch for showers from Miami to the Keys with highs reaching 80 degrees. It'll be sunny and dry from the Panhandle over to Mobile Bay, New Orleans, and Texas with bright sun over the nation's heartland and up into the Great Lakes. But look for snow showers and chillier conditions up around the Canadian border with Michigan. High pressure, big high pressure, prevails over the Rockies, low 50s on the east side of the high, upper 30s on the back side, heralding some snow possible for Thanksgiving Day as the storm moves into the Pacific Northwest with clouds and sun from San Francisco to L.A., clouds and 63 degrees in Vegas, sun and clouds 75 as possible down through Phoenix. That's your national weather forecast. I'm Brian Edwards, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today. Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass. A lot of things going on today, even though it is the day before Thanksgiving. President Joe Biden is going to be in Bay County on Tuesday to tour microchip production. Uh, Biden will be in SK Silitron's facility as it makes semiconductor wafers for electric vehicles. The president was to visit a semiconductor factory in August in Michigan, but had to cancel after he got COVID. Uh, he's going to be promoting that Chips and Science Act, which uh, puts $280 billion into microchip production in the United States. And if you want to know why the government is sinking money into microchips, uh, listen to one of the segments last week, or uh, just yesterday, we had Kristen Drychick on the program uh, from the uh, Federal Reserve. She had a great commentary on why the federal government needs to get involved in the microchip uh, business. Other news, health concerns have caused the Oxford Community Schools Superintendent Ken Weaver to resign He wrote in his resignation letter that the stress and responsibility of the job has greatly impacted his recovery after the shootings last year in his high school that killed four students and injured seven other people. He was placed on medical leave, and the assistant superintendent, Anita Wanja Collins, is uh, serving as the interim superintendent at the moment. Uh, Threats against schools in Bloomfield Hills have been increasing And the Oakland County Sheriff, Mike Bouchard, is putting out a warning. There have been 42 threats in total against schools in Oakland County from October 21 to October 2022, with just one threat made the previous year. So the Oakland County Prosecutor, Karen McDonald, says there are that they scare students, staff, faculty, parents, and any threats of terrorism is going to be a 20-year felony. That's what you're facing if you're trying to mess around with something like that. Here's something also interesting. I don't know if you've seen the ads yet that Avatar 2 is coming out, 
And uh, it may be the fourth highest grossing movie ever to break even. It is so expensive to make this thing. Director James Cameron says, Avatar, The Way of Water must be the third or fourth. He's saying the third or fourth highest grossing film in history to break even. He was speaking to GQ magazine, said the budget was so massive, he told Disney and the 20th Century Studio uh, that it is the worst case business scenario that this thing breaks even. It um, Avatar was the highest grossing film ever at $2.9 billion. Avengers Endgame ranks second, and Cameron's Titanic comes in third. This means that Avatar sequel will need to be um, better than, as far as gross uh, box office uh, money, it's going to need to overtake Star Wars, The Force Awakens, just to break even. That's crazy. Good luck with that. The Way of the Water hits theaters December 16. All right, so we know that uh, shopping day, Black Friday, is coming up. But, uh, Tony, one of the things that I like doing is I like cracking open this uh, Homaker Schlemmer catalog. You get one of these things? I do. You actually... I never heard of this thing until a few years ago when you informed me. But this, when I get this little magazine in the mail, it's like a hit. I just leave it there, and everybody that comes over looks at this thing, and they're just like, wow, what do we have here? <laughs> so wild. So uh, here's some things I flagged from this year's, cal- this, uh, this year's catalog. Because you will, you will find things in here you have never thought of before. You're like, why? I have never thought of anything like this. Like the portable water flosser. This is, this is something that if you don't have the string, apparently you just um, uh, push this button and this thing massages the teeth. Yeah. Helps fight plaque and gingivitis. Yeah. I have a water flosser at the house. You do? I do, but a travel one? That's cool. Huh. I think. I've never heard of anything like that. What do you, what do you see? I see, you know, one of the things that it seems like when we have to update certain things that we're uh, popular years and years ago. What about a lava lamp? You know, you used, oh, yeah. probably used to have one. Well, there's a new one. This is actually the number one item on this magazine. It is the Hypnotic Jellyfish Aquarium. And it basically looks like a lava lamp, but instead of the lava, it's the image of a jellyfish. Ooh. Or two, or maybe three if you want. Wow. Well, that's kind of neat. How about a laser battling RC cars? Oh, there we go. Yeah, so remote control cars... But they're battling each other with lasers. That's kind of wild. These are the things that you definitely don't need, but maybe want. That's what it comes down to, including the quick removal windshield snow tarp. All right. If you have to park your car outside, there is nothing worse than scraping, Yep. scraping, leaving the car on for 20 or so minutes to defrost the thing. What about you put a tarp over the top of it? Yes, it's going to look goofy. You might stand out in your neighborhood, but you know what? When you fly out of there with a clean windshield, that's all that matters. Or here's here's something: the instant gingerbread man maker. Oh, now how many times? How many times you can use that? It's one use only, but you can go ahead. And, it's kind of like a waffle maker. It, it truly says that one use only. No, like, I, oh, no, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like what how many times? How many point. times? How many times are you going to use the instant gingerbread man maker? But here's one right here. On the uh, Homaker Schlemmer site. That and uh, remember the, um, oh, that that old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, Burl Lives in there. I mean, good stuff. Yeah, right, from 1964. Remember the uh, Bumble? Bumble. The, the uh, abominable snowman oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, they called him Bumble. 
Anyway, you can buy one of those things 15 feet tall. Oh, so it's one of those blow-up things you put in your front yard? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can you can buy an inflatable bumble. You know, we, my son Joshua, he's four years old, and he loves those. He lo- We have them all around our neighborhood. People have these blow-up dolls or whatever you want to call them of different characters. And he's depressed, though, during the day because he comes to know where they're at. And they're deflated, and they're like, it looks like trash in the yard, and he gets kind of sad when he sees it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Let's see. You know, you could get him an animated plush piggy bank. It sings and wiggles every time you put a coin into it. Nice, and that's a good thing to teach him. Put all the money away that you can right now. Now, this one, I don't. Do you do you use a uh, a weighted blanket at any point in time? No, my wife likes the idea of it, but. So I use one when I'm uh, when I'm sent to the doghouse, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I have yeah, one yeah. down in the basement, and it's kind of chilly, so I use a weighted blanket. But in this magazine, it's selling a heated weighted blanket. I do not see any circumstance in the world where you would need extra heat from a weighted blanket because you're going to fry just in that thing in general. <laughs> but be careful. Buyer BY on that one. Here's something. The Advanced Snow Roof Rake. So when you get too much snow on the roof and you don't want to go up and try and knock it down, this is like an extendo rake that extends up to 28 feet. So you can just plop it on your your roof and you can rake the snow off the top of it. Yeah, those are necessary in certain circumstances. And I was thinking about this actually over the weekend when I saw the houses in Buffalo. Would your rake work on when you have like, we're talking like six feet of snow on your roof. Is that thing going to work or is it kind of fruitless at that point in time? <laughs> or at what point do you just make a big snow sled? <laughs> <laughs> Have at it, kids. Have fun. Grab some green at Firekeepers this November. Win a share of over $200,000 with the Cash Grab Giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. You could be one of 25 guaranteed winners to pick a big prize, including up to $30,000 cash. Earn entries daily and join us on November 26th. Every two hours from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., five winners will each get to select from the punch board to win up to $10,000 cash. Then at 10 p.m., it's the grand prize drawing, where five lucky players will each choose a huge cash prize from $12,500 all the way up to $30,000 cash. Don't miss your chance to win a share of over $200,000 with the Cash Grab Giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. The best giveaways, the biggest guaranteed prizes, only at Firekeepers. Get your Vegas on at Firekeepers Casino Hotel. I-94 to exit 104 in Battle Creek. Management reserves all rights. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. 
hip-hop nutcracker is coming to streaming TV. The show is a new take on the Christmas classic ballet set in New York City. It features rap legends Curtis Blow and the Jersey resident Reverend Run from Run DMC who will narrate the program, which will be available on Disney Plus starting Friday. Top Gun Maverick, also set to land in living rooms soon, the hit sequel film will debut on Paramount Plus on December 22nd. The Tom Cruise-led flick is the highest-grossing movie at the worldwide and domestic box office this year, bringing in more than $1.4 billion across the world. It also stars Miles Taylor, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, and Val Kilmer. Metallica is set to stream their Helping Hands concert on Paramount Plus as well. The show will benefit the band's All Within My Hands Foundation. It's set to take place on December 16th at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. Greta Van Fleet will open the concert, followed by a unique performance by Metallica. 100% of ticket sales and donation proceeds will go directly to those in need through the foundation. Lance Entertainment, Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, Kyle Malin from MERS News here, filling in for Michael Patrick with Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, uh, I don't know about you, but I will be watching Michigan State basketball this weekend as uh, the number 12 Spartans take on the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Phil Knight Invitational. And to kick that subject around, with us is the publisher of SpartanMag.com. He is Jim Comperoni. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Kyle, it's great to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. You're not in Oregon to watch this uh, showdown? No, staying in, uh, staying in town to cover the football game in East Lansing. I'm sorry, going to State College, Pennsylvania this weekend, leaving on, on okay. Friday. You know, when making those decisions a month or so ago, um, we figured that the football game would be more important. So uh, not sure that turns out to be the case, but uh, you know, it's still football season. And there's still a lot riding on that last football game, so I'll be going to Penn State. Well, let's talk about that first, then, because if they win, they get six wins and they'll they'll make a bowl. But my understanding is they they could make a bowl anyway with five. Yeah, five and seven. Uh, the NCAA has uh, something like 41 bowl games, so you know they need 82 teams or whatever to fill those slots, and they may not have enough teams with six wins to fill those slots. So if they have a shortage. There is a small handful of teams with a five and seven record that can get into those bowl games. Um, Nebraska a few years ago went to a bowl game with a five and seven record. It's not the most glorious distinction, but teams will take it if they get that chance. And uh, the in order to get in as a five and seven team, you you have to have uh, that's decided by graduation rate. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a number of five and seven teams that are available, but. Uh, the top graduation rates in recent years get uh, a shot to go in there. Michigan State's pretty strong in that that category, so five and seven could get Michigan State into a bowl game. Um, it won't be a very uh, you know high ranking bowl game, but Michigan State would be able to get those important bowl practices in December, which uh, gives you a chance to also host recruits for some of those practices. So. Michigan State would take it if they get a chance. Yeah, I was going to ask if they would take it. Well, <laughs> what kind of odds do you give them against Penn State this weekend? 
I think Penn State's a 16 or 17 point favorite. Uh, Penn State's improved a lot here in the last three or four weeks. They struggled against Michigan. Michigan's playing really good football right now. Uh, Penn State really struggled defensively against the run. Michigan had over 400 yards rushing that game, which is a ton. Uh, Penn State looked, they had problems with, with basic gap control in that game, but they've improved in that area. They shut out a pretty good Maryland team two weeks ago. They gave Ohio State all kinds of trouble last weekend. Mm-hmm. They beat Maryland 30 to nothing. Penn State's improved the last part of the season. It could be very difficult for Michigan State to go there and win. I do think Michigan State will go there and compete favorably, as they've done against most opponents this, this year. Um, but beating Penn State there on senior day is going to be very difficult. Matt Ishbia revealed last night that he put $14 million toward Mel Tucker's $95 million contract. Is that surprising? Yeah, I, I heard about that uh, on that HBO special. I'm still gathering information on that. Uh, you know, the the, the common um, information that most people thought was true was that he and St. Andre uh, paid a lot more of that contract yeah. than that. I, I thought they did, too. I don't think anyone has done a Freedom of Information Act on that contract yet. I, I, I'm not sure I've seen that. So um, that is news, and that is surprising. I thought it was more than that. So I, I'm just as you were talking to me just now, I'm trying to find out and piece together where the rest of that money is uh, it, it came from. Hmm. Well, we'll see if uh, somebody's got to figure this out here anyway. But we'd like to know where all that comes from because right now i mean that 95 million dollar contract you would expect a better than a five and seven record what happened to the state team in your opinion you know i thought in terms of the roster strength i thought they had a chance to maybe go eight and four this year you know last year they went 11 and two and that that uh, resulted in the mammoth contract even when they went 11 and two i thought that last year's roster was kind of an eight and four roster if you will they kind of overachieved and this year, I thought the roster was taking a step backward without Kenneth Walker. So I thought seven and five was possible. Instead, they're looking like they're going to go five and seven. Injuries had a lot to do with that. Uh, it really derailed the team midway through the season, losing to Minnesota and Maryland. A couple of teams, I think, that they would have beaten if they would have played maybe two weeks ago when Michigan State was playing reasonably well against Illinois and Rutgers. So. Injuries had a lot to do with it. You know, this year on defense, Michigan State, for the 11 starting spots on defense, Michigan State has started 26 different players at those 11 positions. Uh, Injuries have had a lot to do with that. And last week, losing that game to Indiana um, really set things off the rails. Otherwise, they would be 6-5 and and looking a little bit more respectable. But I'm not shocked, but they have had some misfortunes. Uh, some so some are thinking that next year's roster will be even weaker. Do you think that's that's the case as well? You know, I've not really stacked it all up to look what it's what it's exactly going to look like. I think Peyton Thorne, the quarterback, has played well here at the end of the season. That bodes well for next year. The offensive line has played well at the end of the season. That bodes well for next year. And all five current starters have the opportunity to come back next year. Uh, the, the starting tailback, Jalen Berger, has improved at the end of the season. He was still uh, an inexperienced player pretty much for this year, uh, transferring in from Wisconsin. So those areas of the skill positions should be pretty strong. You know, Keon Coleman will be back. Uh, Trey Mosley will be back. They will have to replace Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. But on defense, that's the area that's been so wildly inconsistent or maybe consistently porous, if you will. <laughs> they uh, That area needs to, to improve if Michigan State's going to 
uh, try to have a chance to win more than seven next year. But I think they'll have a chance. You know, uh, I, I thought it was the pass defense that was the problem after watching that Washington game. Well, that wasn't the problem against Indiana. They couldn't pass the ball at all. All they did was run, and they ran right down us. That was shocking because Indiana and Rutgers were two of the worst rushing offenses in the Big Ten prior to playing Michigan State, and they both came into Michigan State and rushed for more than 200 yards, which is a really big figure. You know, Mel Tucker revealed this week that because of the attrition and the injuries on defense for the last three weeks, they have not been able to hit with any kind of contact in practice. Mm. And that's the case again this week. Four weeks of practice without hitting one another, which is um, something you need to do to sharpen your run defense. And he feels like that has had a problem. That has had an effect. Well, it's got to have an impact. Hey, Jim, if you can hang on just for a second, we'll be back after the break. I want to talk about basketball. What are being called substantial assets are missing from a cryptocurrency company that went belly up. That's according to a lawyer for FTX who spoke during a bankruptcy hearing. They added that cyber attacks were happening as bankruptcy proceedings got underway. FTX has said it has about $1.24 billion as of this past Sunday. However, a previous filing revealed creditors were owed just over $3 billion. Hewlett-Packard announcing plans to lay off roughly four to 6,000 employees by the end of 2025. The company said the reduction will result in annualized gross run rate savings of close to $1.5 billion over the next three years. This marks the latest in a string of tech layoffs as companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Lyft have all announced plans to lay off employees. And Mazda will invest more than $10.5 billion in electric vehicles. It also wants EVs to be up to 40% of total global sales by the start of the next decade. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Back with Jim Comperoni, the publisher of SpartanMag.com. All right, let's talk about uh, more pleasant subjects. This basketball team is really pretty good. It's been a surprise. Three and one. Upset Kentucky last week in Indianapolis. Played really well against Gonzaga out in San Diego a week before that and last Friday. Um, held on to beat a pesky Villanova team to go uh, to, to go three to one. They went three and one with the record. Michigan State goes from being unranked to number twelve in the Associated Poll this week. So. Michigan State basketball has been a surprise thus far, and they will play Thanksgiving night at 10.30 p.m. against Alabama. I know after eating all that turkey, you'll still be awake at 10.30, oh, yeah. Kyle. <laughs> I, want, I want to watch a little of that. Why We only got a couple minutes here in this segment, but why have they been as good as they have been? You know, individual improvement. Individuals across the board have really developed. Joey Hauser who you know, struggled for a couple of years at Michigan State, considered not coming back to play this year. But he played really well at the end of last season, scored 26 points against Davidson in the NCAA tournament, fell in love with basketball again, whereas he struggled with basketball prior to that. He's a guy that during the COVID lockdown really you know, struggled with depression a little bit and was not enjoying basketball. He was away from his twin for the first time in his life, who's an excellent basketball player in the professional ranks. And... um Things didn't go well for him the last two seasons, but at the end of last season, played well, decided to come back, and he's been shooting extremely well, averaging 14 points per game, 50% from three-point range. So Hauser has improved. Tyson Walker's improved. Malik Hall has improved if he's still healthy. Uh, we'll see what he looks like uh, Thursday. A.J. Hogard has uh, play, been playing really well. So individual improvement 
and team defense at Michigan State's a surprise thus far. The team isn't very deep, though. That's uh, that's one concern here. That bench is pretty short. Sure, and Jaden Akins, really high-flying athlete from Farmington, sophomore. He was one of their best players during the summer, sustained a stress reaction injury in September, surgically repaired four or five weeks out, came back, tweaked it again Friday against Villanova. Now he's questionable for this weekend. So mm-hmm. one or two injuries, and it could uh, could really hurt their, their, their situation. They are thin. All right. Well, we're going to be watching that game. We appreciate the update. Jim Comperoni, the publisher of SpartanMag.com. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show starring Michael Patrick Shields, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The FBI and the ATF have now joined the investigation into the latest mass shooting in America. As many as 10 people are believed to have been killed by a lone shooter at a Walmart store in Chesapeake, Virginia. The sister of a victim who's been a longtime employee says she talked to her brother and he's doing okay. The fact that he was talking, um, I, I, my parents who live in Florida also called him and he, he spoke with them very quickly. The woman didn't identify herself but says her brother has worked at the store for 20 years. There are multiple reports that the gunman may have been an employee, possibly the manager. The New York fraud trial against former President Trump now has a start date. and October the 2nd, 2023 date is when the trial for Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against Trump, his three adult children, and the Trump Organization will begin. The lawsuit was filed in September after a three-year investigation into if Trump and his company manipulated property values to gain investments as well as tax and loan benefits. Authorities in Idaho are investigating reports that one of the University of Idaho students who was murdered had a stalker. Chris Caraggio reports. Moscow police say they have looked into potential reports that Kaylee Goncalves had a stalker, something they have not yet been able to verify. The four students were all found murdered on November 13th in a house near campus. Autopsies reveal they were slaughtered by someone with a large knife. The report adds they were probably attacked in their sleep. Police haven't recovered the murder weapon and warn the killer is still on the loose. A press conference is scheduled for Wednesday afternoon. I'm Chris Caraggio. And Jane Leno was already handed back to his car garage and comedy tours just days after being severely burned. On Tuesday, Leno was seen driving himself to the same car garage where the accident happened and told reporters he'd be back on stage as early as this weekend for more comedy shows. Less than two weeks ago, the actor was working on a vintage car when it burst into flames and injured him. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. An Oregon couple is celebrating twins that are likely to be the longest frozen embryos to result in live births. When Rachel Ridgway gave birth on Halloween, her healthy twins came courtesy of embryos created 30 years ago. Going into this process, we wanted to choose children that um, in our eyes were the most unwanted, the most needy, the ones in a lot of ways that have been overlooked. They sat in storage on tiny straws kept in liquid nitrogen at 200 degrees below zero in a device that looks a lot like a propane tank. Parents Rachel and Philip used a faith-based national embryo donation center to help grow their family. They have four other children, all born naturally. Studies show about 25 to 40 percent of frozen embryos result in a live birth, so the Ridgeways, well, they hit the jackpot. Health update, Sarah Lee Kessler, 
NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Big news coming out of the city of Detroit yesterday as the NCAA announced that the Final Four for the year 2027 will be in the Motor City in Detroit. First time since 2009, which was when Michigan State last was in the championship game. I happened to be at that game, Ford Field against North Carolina. It was memorable in the fact that I was there. It was not memorable as far as the results. State got blown out. That was that a game. heck of a Carolina team, though. Yeah, I know. The whole starting lineup, I think, went to the NBA. They did, yes. Yeah, yeah that was a heck of a Tar Heel team, and that was a heck of a blowout. But State was in the national championship game, and it was fun, and hopefully history will repeat itself. And here to talk about that this uh, historic event, Dave Beach now, executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Kyle. How are you doing? Thanks for having me today. Hey, thanks for being on. So this is a big deal. So 2027 Ford Field, uh, it's kind of, um, it may be surprising for some that uh, these decisions are made so far out into the future, but it's not uncommon at all, is it? No, it's not. When you think about all the, the infrastructure in terms of, you know, securing hotel rooms, making sure that, you know, the vent is available, um, there, there's a lot that goes into it, but also the planning of it as well. You know, a city needs you know three or four years to prepare, so it's it's not uncommon, and um, you know it's it's almost a necessity. So, what goes into lobbying or or uh, applying or or trying to get the final four? Uh, they don't come to you, do they? They they don't. I mean, I would say to a degree, you know, they're. For a Final Four, there's only really a dozen cities around the country that have the, the capability of, of hosting a Final Four. You've got to have an indoor football stadium with at least 65,000 seats, so that limits the field to a degree. But the NCAA is aware of all of those cities, and they put out invitations um, to, to bid. And it's it's about a 12-month process altogether, and from – Responding to a 200-page uh, request for proposal um, and all the steps along the way, uh, you know, really culminating with you know, a presentation to the, the men's basketball committee, which we uh, did on October 31st, uh, where we made our final pitch. So um, it's it's a long, arduous process, and um, all the work that went in by not only our organization, but so many others, our, our stakeholders that were a part of our bid from Ford Field, you know, the city of Detroit, Michigan State University is our host institution. Um, you know, just really proud of, of everyone that made this possible. Wow. It, a 200-page application? Yeah. <laughs> so who fills that out? Is that is that your job? Yeah, that, that that's... The Sports Commission, we take the lead on, on the bid uh, document itself, you know, and it's and it's everything from hotels to transportation to really um, digging deep on details on the competition venue, um, you know, and, and many other things. You know, all the ancillary events that come along uh, with the Final Four, from the Fan Fest to the music festival that takes place. You know, the National Association of Basketball Coaches also hosts their annual convention during the Final Four. Um, 
so you know, providing you know details and securing space for for those things, um, securing hotel contracts for all of uh, the hotels that need to be committed to to our efforts as well. So it's yeah, it's it's um it's a lot of work, but in the end, um, it's gratifying because it paid off. So, how many hotel rooms do you need for Final Four? Yeah, so they they asked for six thousand rooms downtown. We're we're you know just shy of that right now. But but what we pitch to them is we have current hotel hotel development in the pipeline. So we expect to have another you know eight hundred rooms uh, open by twenty twenty seven. And there are some other developments that, that take place. You know we're gonna ha- we're gonna you know spill out into the suburban communities, which is great for our region. And so the NCA was comfortable with the hotel package that we put together. We still have a little bit of work to do, but we're in a, a really good place right now. So the Final Four joins an impressive list of recently executed and future events coming to Detroit, including the NCA Men's Wrestling Championships uh, this year, the USA Boxing National Qualifying Event next year, and uh, the NCAA Men's Basketball Regionals in 2024, which is uh, also a very exciting event, even though it's not the Final Four. It's the step before that, and that's always a fun event. And uh, you got the NFL Draft coming, too. Yeah, we've you know, we've got an incredible amount of momentum in our, our city right now, and, and I, that's one of the messages that we delivered to the NCAA. When, when the NFL decides to take one of their – biggest and best events to a city, that's instant credibility. You know, the the, the brand of the NFL. And then you know, come over top of that, you know, arguably, you know, the greatest collegiate brand, the NCA, has awarded its biggest and best event to our city as well. So, again, um, a lot of momentum. And I, I look back um, to the early 2000s when we landed the Super Bowl and all that momentum started, the Ryder Cup. Major League Baseball All-Star Game, you know, the Final Four. You know, we had a stretch of eight or nine years. We had a major event every year, and I can see that in our future now. Yeah, that's, uh, and like I said earlier, a lot of work goes in to something like this and um, a lot of staff that, uh, a lot of staff work that goes into it. What is the, what is the big um, selling point as far as Detroit and the image of the city of Detroit um, how do you present the city? Well, there's no, there's no question. You know, Detroit 2009 isn't Detroit today, and, and that's really the message that we delivered to the committee and other rights holders. Is you know, we, we've got a lot of momentum in our city for a lot of reasons, not including the the ton of developments taking place. And then you know, when we look at the downtown core with an event like this, you know, it, it's a walkable downtown. So all of the events that take place for the Final Four, fans can walk to from their hotels. And, we, you know, we've got a plethora of new restaurants that have opened, and it's just really a great fit for the Final Four. And it's events like this that help continue to, to shape and tell our story and our message about Detroit when you have a national or international event with so many eyeballs on your city. It's, it's just a great opportunity for us, much like the NFL draft will be in 2024. Is yeah, the one quick, of our big, oh, I was going to ask you real quick. We don't have much time here, but I wanted to ask about the quick lane bowl. Is that still going to happen? 
McLean Bowl is still happening. I believe they signed an additional three-year extension on our contract. Okay. Um, so that will be held December 26th. But one of the our biggest challenges, I know we're short on time, is funding for these events. And we're currently working on a large special events fund legislation that we hope to get passed here in 2023 because we're at a distinct disadvantage with um, the likes of Texas. And it's no coincidence that these major events um, – go through Texas on a regular basis. And so we're hopeful that um, that will get passed because it, it helps support and fund these big events that we bring to the city and, and statewide, for that matter. How, how much do you need from the legislature? Well, we're, we're you know, it's – and I'll point to Texas. You know, they, they receive millions of dollars towards their event expenses – um, based on the incremental tax revenue that's brought in for for a large scale event, let's uh, let's hold you just for the uh, this break here. Dave Beach, now the executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission. We'll come back after this break if you can hold on. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors. However, whenever and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. So it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm in Dusty Cellar to collect a 6 for $66 club pack from Dusty Cellar. Matt Rhodes, though, is in the spirit of giving. Yes, Michael, this month with the club purchase, we'll be raising funds for Meridian Township residents that cannot easily purchase what they need for the holiday with matching funds to Meridian Cares. 33% of Meridian Township households struggle financially, and they can't even afford maybe basic needs like housing and food and health care. So Meridian Cares helps prevent neighbors in need from facing severe economic hardship like hunger and homelessness. Yes, Michael, so with each club pack, we're asking for donations to Meridian Cares of $1 to $10, and we'll match that donation to pass it on to Meridian Cares so more of our township residents can meet their needs. Well, thanks to you, Matt, at Dusty Cellar. I'm in with a club pack and a donation to Meridian Cares. So join me at Dusty Cellar for the 6 for 66 Wine Club, and you can support Meridian Cares, too. Thanks, Michael Patrick. NBC News Radio, I'm Michael Kastner. Police in Virginia say there's no clear motive in a shooting that left six people dead at a Walmart. Chesapeake Police Chief Mark Solsky said the suspect also died from what's believed to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Four people are in the hospital after what happened last night. Solsky said officers entered the store four minutes after the 911 dispatch center got its first call. The scene was declared safe an hour later. Meantime, the chief said a search warrant was executed at the suspect's residence. Police in Inglewood, California, are investigating cell phone video that shows a fan getting thrown over a railing just outside of SoFi Stadium. It happened after Sunday night's game between the Chiefs and Chargers. Two men are seen fighting before one tosses the other over a metal barricade. The man landed back first on the concrete several feet below. 
White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci is urging Americans to get their COVID-19 boosters. He did so at what was likely his last briefing on the pandemic. Earlier this year, he announced he was retiring. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in with Tony Cuthbert. we got Dave Beach now, the executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission, hanging on here with us. And we were talking uh, before the break about uh, a request to the legislature for additional funds to assist with these activities. And um, Dave, you were talking about how other states like Texas, the uh, government helps pay for the activities that you all do. Uh, and why is that? Tell our listeners again why that's important. It's important because um, it, it it keeps us more competitive and make it more of a level playing field. Because when you look at Texas, and they really have the Cadillac of programs, if you will, so they they get reimbursed for incremental tax revenues that is gen are generated by these large events that take place in their state. And, you know, we, we can only go back to our wealth so often to, to fundraise, to pay for the expenses that these events require. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're looking at right now um, here in Michigan. And there are a couple of other states, so several states who have different models in place. But that's, that, that's really high on our list to get this, um, get this done. How long has the Detroit Sports Commission been around? Since 2001, um, okay. that, that was our inception, and we're a wholly owned subsidiary of Visit Detroit. And so how many, um, or how are you guys currently funded? What kind of budget are you operating off of? We're, we're funded 100% through Visit Detroit. So we, we theoretically operate as a department within Visit Detroit, and our, any funding or fundraising efforts that that we um, engage in are go towards the large-scale events that we're hosting. So the NFL draft, the Final Four would be another one that will be um, out in the community from public and private sectors uh, raising funds to help offset our hosting responsibilities. So ideally, if you could get a consistent revenue stream from the appropriations process at the state, what would you be asking for? Are we talking hundreds of thousands, or are we talking like a million or two a year? I think what we're asking for is it just to be seated initially at $10 million, and then that would be self-perpetuating. Each time an event um, is hosted, half of the tax revenue would go to the state treasury. The other half would go to this LSC um, Large Special Event Fund. Oh, so you wouldn't have to go to the legislature every year. You would have a mechanism in place by which that you could fund your operations. Exactly. Okay. And so that way it would be a more consistent revenue stream and you wouldn't have to pass Mm -hmm. the hat. So who are some of the people who contribute to Travel Detroit? Are we talking like hotels, restaurants? I mean, um, philanthropic institutions? Who are we talking so Visit Detroit is funded through a, a tri-county hotel assessment. So 2% on every uh, hotel guest stay um, is collected and sent to Visit Detroit for us to go out and promote the region for tourism, through for sporting events, for meetings and conventions, for leisure travel. 
Um, but this, but this fund is something obviously that would be separate for these large events that that we secure that needs additional funding. And what does? Why do you need the funding? Give us a, an example of of um, kind of the work that you need to to pay for. Well, each each event is different, um, but with the NCA, with the NFL, they have certain requirements in. Their, their bid documents that the city is required to pay for, whether it be transportation, uh, free um, complimentary facilities to conduct and use um, the facilities. Um, there, are, there are a number of city services is another big one that um, the host city is responsible for paying for. So, you know, the list goes on and on, but, you know, some of the events, the budget could be anywhere from you know ten to fifteen million dollars. Oh, I see. And but your selling point on this is that to the to the government is that by hosting these events, you end up making money on the deal, even though it costs some money. You make more than what you pay out. Absolutely, just the, the economic benefit um, that's provided um, to to the city and the region and the state that. We, we wouldn't be there if we didn't have, you know, a, a program or a model in place to support it. Now, the uh, response back would be, well, you all seem to be doing fine right now. Well, again, we can only go to that well so often, you know, and um, get a, a little fatigue in the community when we continue to go back to the, the same corporate and philanthropic organizations time and time again. And so, you know, we just feel like having the sustainable um, model in place will help us um, be more successful in bringing more events to the region. Uh, we're talking with Dave Beach now, the executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission. Do you have a request and a, and a proposal in with the legislature right now, or is that something you all are still working with? It, it's it's in the works right okay. now, and, and yeah, it, we've been working on this for probably four or five years now, but we think it's in a a pretty good place, and we hope in um, 2023 that that will get um, passed. Well, great. All right. Well, thank you for talking about that, Dave Beach, now the executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission. Uh, before we got on to that line of questioning, uh, we talked about the Quick Lane Bowl, and I was just curious what you think if Michigan State does lose this game against Penn State and they're 5-7, and seven, would you rather have a 5-7 and seven Michigan State team come to the Quick Lane Bowl, or is it better to have a team from out of the area come in? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think that you know certainly Michigan State fans will will travel to Detroit, whether you know they uh, just make it a day trip or not. Um, I guess remains to be seen, but certainly it would probably fill the stadium. And you know, an out of state team would certainly um, you know bring more visitors who would would stay overnight. So it's you know kind of six of one, half a dozen of another as far as you know who you you would rather have, but. But certainly, Michigan State would sell tickets. And uh, the fans would want to come, that's for sure, even if they are trying to out there to push their team. Go Michigan State. Well, thank you very much, Dave Beach, now Executive Director of the Detroit Sports Commission. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick Shields. 
the summer heat and the winter cold with a new carrier high efficiency comfort system installed by Doty Mechanical. Doty Mechanical is your preferred carrier factory authorized dealer, installing and servicing carrier products in mid-Michigan for over 30 years. With carrier cool cash and utility rebates, save money and energy at the same time. Call Doty Mechanical today at 327-7777 for your free estimate. For heating and cooling, the names to know, Doty Mechanical and Carrier, turn to the experts. Get more for your money this Thanksgiving at Meyer. Set the table with Meyer Grade A frozen turkey for 55 cents per pound. Limit two. Then save with everyday low prices on sides like Meyer stuffing mix and Meyer broth. A five pound bag of russet potatoes for 99 cents. And Pillsbury crescents and pie crusts. Buy three, get two free. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop in store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU remain the top four teams in the country for the third straight week as the college football playoff rankings dropped last night. LSU, new number five, Tennessee plummeted to 10. Cardinals fired offensive line coach and run game coordinator Sean Kugler following an undisclosed incident that took place in Mexico City on Sunday. Panthers starting quarterback carousel continues on Sunday as Sam Darnold will start under center against the Broncos at home. Astros ace Justin Verlander won the AL Comeback Player of the Year award, while Albert Pujols took home the honors on the NL side. De'Aaron Fox dropped in 32 to lead the Kings past the Grizzlies for their seventh straight win, their longest win streak since 2005. Pistons beat the Nuggets in Denver, snapped their seven-game slide, and pick up their first road win of the season. That's sports. Ronda Moss, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I believe that it is conversations like this that we're having. So I'm grateful for this opportunity with your excellent show and its wide reach for us to talk directly to people and let them know. So hear your voices. Let's say this is enough and let's get this done. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. 